up, what up? The Real Coach JB for the Hate Me Now, Love Me Later pod. This show is brought to you by Canna Dip. Wake up, wake up, wake up. What up, what up? The Coach JB, Real Coach JB right here on the Coach JB show. Brought to you by CanadaDipsCBD.com. Join in, hit the promo code CoachJB. Listen, man, uh, this show's going to be fire. Matt McChesney joins me in the first hour today due to some conflicting scheduling. So we are always great, grateful to have the big man showing up. We'll break all things down football in the first hour. In the second hour, Chat Sports, Chase Sr., NFL analyst, will join us, breaking down all things 49ers, Eagles, plus so much more. And I'm going to ask Matt, is dating harder today than it was 10 years ago? I don't know. We're going to find out. And Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson, can't talk to him unless you make an appointment through his booking agent. Unbelievable. We're going to break all these things down, get into the pre-snap, post-snap, first down, third down, all things football, all things real, right here on Coach JB Show every morning, 6 to 9 a.m., Appreciate everybody joining me. Pound the like button. Hit subscribe. Become a member today. So much real talk today. You're going to blow your mind. Wake up. Let's get after it. Appreciate everybody joining me here. Like I said, Matt will be joining me in the first hour uh, today. Usually it's the second hour. He's got some conflict of interest going on today. We're going to drop. We're going to rush in here. We're going to chop it up for the first hour, break all things down. So we're going to light the scoreboard up right from the jump when he joins us. Um, let me get you the quote of the day real quick, get you guys started. Be so unbothered that you bother people. That is the quote of the day. Be so damn unbothered that you bother people. That is how I am. That is how Matt is. That is how most people that come on this show are. That's what pisses off our haters. We don't give a fuck. It pisses you off. And that's comical to me. But that's the quote of the day. Be so unbothered that you bother people. Um, want to get the poll question out there so all you guys can know what's going on. I want to drop it in there. Drop it in the chat. Comment. Does Cliff Kingsbury make it through the season? We're going to break that down. That is the poll question for today. Does Cliff Kingsbury make it through the season? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think he's a sacrificial lamb. Me and Matt will discuss here in depth uh, shortly. And as always, brought to you by CanadipCBD.com. Head on over to Canadips. Buy you a can of dip. Uh, use the promo code CoachJB. Uh, the Contrary to Belief segment brought to you by Canna Dips. Um, I want to break down something for you real quick to you guys. <clears throat> uh, contrary to Belief. I'm going to read you a quote. And I'm going to I'm gonna bring Matt in for this one because I got to get his take on this. And uh, Matt, welcome in. My, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Uh, Happy I got to do a 
contrary to belief segment every day, Matt. And uh, it's also going to be brought to you by Six Zero Academy. That Matt's merch will be on our website, CoachJBStore.com. So make sure you guys head on over there. You will have some merch on there. And uh, I want to make sure you guys go on over there and check it out. It'll be right up here with this once he, we get his graphics on there. So I appreciate you, CoachJBStore.com. Go get you some merch. Um, I like it. So, Matt, uh, contrary to belief, is ticking on the bottom. And here's what it is. This is a quote by someone. And it says, their pride was at stake. And we came back and just could not get over the hump. But I thought it showed a lot of character for our team never to give up. Contrary to belief, everybody, that's a fucking losing statement. I just want to make sure that is not a motivational one. That is not one that's going to fucking hype me up. And that is a re- people don't realize, contrary to belief, we live in a fucking results-oriented life. And you either win or you lose. There is no fucking moral victory. That is a moral victory speech right there. And I just wanted to make sure that it is contrary to belief out there that that is good. That's not a fucking good thing to me. That's like, yeah. we just gave up, Matt. Moral victories are few and far. I mean, at times you can find some some positive things in the loss that you can build off of. But anytime you say you feel good after losing, that's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. And if that's your mindset, then you're going to lose a lot. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and then you're fucked already. Uh, the slapdick, slapdick of the day, I have so I have to get into this with Matt. Here's my little slapdick of the day intro. You is slapdick pretty Why much. Why you call me slapdick? Because my dick slapped you. Hey. Uh, so, uh, Matt's early in the morning here. We're on the West Coast, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in Colorado. 9 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, Slapstick of the day. Ryan Clark, ESPN. I got to break this video down for you and give you the moral of the story since we're talking about moral victories. This is most recent video of Ryan Clark. Take a listen. It was made last night. The statement is that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Like, we might as well be done with it. When you look at this team and what they've accomplished throughout this season, you say, okay, no, they haven't played a great defense, or it's not about it's they about. haven't seen Doomsday. Well, they saw Doomsday last night. And what we saw was Nick Sirianni, who I remember watching in the first press conference that was supposed to be reading a script, <laughs> couldn't read the script. All right, so here we go. Here's the moral of the story. I'm going to cut it off. I can't stand the motherfucker personally. So this is the thing. Four weeks ago, Matt, I'm trying to find the video, so once I get the video, this is going to even be better. Four weeks ago, he came on the show on ESPN and said, Lamar Jackson is hands down the MVP, and the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. I am, I am dumbfounded by these motherfuckers on these platforms who can come out and act as if they never said what they said, and they will not stand by anything they say. I will eat crow, Matt. I said... Denver's going to play the Colts in the AFC title game. I'm sticking to it. I can't renege on This isn't fucking spades. I can't renege pull my cards out. So I'm going to stand by it, and I'm going to go down with the, with the ship, so to speak, because that's, what I, that's my only thing. I only have my word and integrity in life, I guess. But how can motherfuckers go from going to say, Lamar's the MVP, the Ravens are going to win it, and then three weeks later, now the Eagles are going to win it. Hey, in two weeks, Matt, the Patriots might fucking win it, according to him. 
Well, I mean, that's what they have to do on, on ESPN and some of these platforms is they have to flop and flip all the time and they can't stand with what they really believe. But then again, I think some of these guys actually flip-flop like this mentally. So the thing with Ryan Clark and so many of these analysts is a lot of them played, if not all of them. They understand that everything's on film. Like, we're recording everything you're doing. So I, just the audacity to come out and say that Philadelphia is 6-0 and and they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like, bro, the Steelers two years ago were 11-0 and finished 12-4 and and didn't even make it out of the damn wild card round. So, I, I mean, it's – I think it's really short-sighted for a professional – uh, professional media member, which Ryan Clark is, he does his own podcast and everything else, to get up there and just say, say something like this for clicks. I mean, he's got to know that there's no guarantees. If they lose somebody, Jalen Hurts goes down, they're not going to the Super Bowl. So <clears throat> in that system, he could easily get hurt. They could lose people, and it could turn into a disaster. So the, the NFL means not for long. And that means good records, bad records. For realistically, you just brought up the Broncos. They could win. They could beat the Jets. They could beat Jacksonville. Go on, you know, come home after their bye week and win another game, and they're five hundred. And all of a sudden, they're right back in the mix. So, I mean, I, it's amazing to me that Ryan Clark forgot that like the Giants won two Super Bowls when they were nine and seven, and like it's it's just it's short sighted as shit. Oh, he and played it seems, the league. It's like he doesn't have a memory. He played in the league too, right? Like, oh, he, he played play. forever. He was a good player. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, I'm confused. Uh, poll question, does Cliff Kingsbury make it through the season? Real Ooh. quick, Matt, yes or no? Do you think he makes it? Um, I don't think he makes it through the season, but I don't think it's his fault. I think the next coach is going to have the same problems, if not more, of an issue. It'll be further down the track with Kyler at that point. I mean, there. I've all. I'm already reading articles and seeing speculation about like player swaps and how, how to get rid of Kyler Murray, uh, and consequently how to get rid of Russell Wilson too. Two guys who just made 250 million dollars each to play quarterback who can't play quarterback. So, I, I mean, Cliff. He he's in a situation where he's being asked to coach and develop a kid who doesn't want to be coached and doesn't want to develop and doesn't think he needs it. So I don't really know what the coach is supposed to do at that point. Like, if, if I can only lead this dude to water, if he ain't going to drink, then he's uh, going to die. I agree. I agree. Uh, I don't know if he makes it, man. I think he's going to be the sacrificial lamb before the day is over. But who knows? Um, I, I, a word of the day. I got a word of the day I want to give everybody out there. It's called the word of the day is unbothered. It means showing or feeling a lack of concern about or interest in something. Um, I don't believe me and Matt really give a fuck about anyone's thoughts and what you think. And uh, it's really low on the totem pole. It's really low, man, because I think unbothered is just a, just a great word. I'm going to give you guys a word of the day every single day because I think you guys need to all fucking wake up, make your bed, go do what you do and fucking be unbothered because that's what I do every day. And I and I and what's comical, Matt, that people really think because they write me a comment on YouTube or Twitter that. It's going to really cause me a lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah, look, the I don't even read the comments on anything. I don't read the comments on TikTok. I rarely read the comments on Instagram or Twitter. Twitter's a little bit different because you like to engage with people, I guess. But 
you know, after I post something, I'm not doing it to get validation from people out there. After we talk about something on the show, I'm not doing it to validate my opinion. I, I think I'm right. And I don't really care what you think. It doesn't mean shit. I don't even know who you are. So <laughs> like the, the whole, the whole fan, I, I just love how, like I played the game, you coached the game at the highest level and everybody's invested in this. Right. And then I'm not saying fans aren't invested. I'm saying like, sometimes the fans are more emotional about this than guys who played and coached it. And I don't understand that at all. Like it, bro, this is an entertainment based business and every player understands that. And sometimes we have a, an easier time taking a loss and moving on and understanding it's a business and we can get better than the fans. Some of these fans are like suicidal after their team loses. Like, well, my week is going to be terrible. I can't, uh, I don't want to go to work on Monday. Um, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hey, man, I had the violator on yesterday. What a fucking interview, man. He was a stud. We'll launch the video later on today. Uh, the greatest fan. This cat, dog, I did not even realize. This motherfucker is in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's pretty big time. Dude, this guy's in the Hall of Fame. You know what he did, Matt? For 30 years, he's driven to Oakland or L.A. or Vegas Got there before the game, fully dressed. He drives six hours from L.A. to Fully dressed in his costume, like painted up, the whole deal. Dog, wait till you hear this interview, bro. It's priceless. He said that he'd get there, do the game, fucking drive back. He had to work 6 a.m. every day, the Monday morning. And he's like, never never missed a day of work in 30 years, and I never missed a Raider game in 30 years. Like, well, maybe, maybe maybe he is more invested than we are as a fan. I mean, that's pretty big time. So, <laughs> but, but that's my point, though, Matt. Me, me, he's older than both of us, and we, we were talking about that. We were like, work hard, play hard, right? And he was like, man, JB, that's for the 40-year-olds and older term to understand. Oh, and no like, one knows what that means, work bro. Work hard, fucking play hard, dog. He was like, if I'm going to choose to do this, dog, and then he, he became the most global, globally recognized fan in the history of football um and uh and dog nfl hall of fame howie long came to his house by a sneak attack and brought him the jacket that, i mean that's pretty damn cool that, that's cool <laughs> of the nfl just to do that honestly oh bro so look and, if you're uh, gonna be if you're gonna be super fan like that and you're gonna really sell out for your team then I, I'll, I'll tip my cap to you on that dog that that's it, big it's crazy right man it's crazy that uh we just found out yesterday before he came on early. We started well, chopping. Where does he stuff. live that he's driving these three places? He lives fucking five minutes from my house. He lives in Southern California and he drives to Oakland or or Vegas. But yeah, Vegas is actually way closer. Vegas is only oh, yeah. hours Oakland from ain't close. No, Oakland's six and a half. So he was driving eight, hey, eight times a year to the black hole? Hey, yeah, how about this though? This Damn, motherfucker left at two in the morning. He left here at two in the morning so he could get there when the gates opened at 8:30. And then did the game, Matt. <laughs> did the whole game and he was hyped up. And you know his his whole thing is he never sits down. He cannot sit down. That's his whole thing. He will not sit down. This so, sounds exhausting. So <laughs> Hey, this hey, sounds so hey, exhausting to get dressed up like that in full makeup and full garb, drive six hours. 
cheer for the Raiders. That had to be difficult for the last 20 years. Cheer for the Raiders and then get in your car and drive back. Holy shit, this guy is a this And then go to work at 6 a.m. like nothing happened. And then yeah. he talked about his transformation when he put that on because he played ball when he was young. He put that fucking thing on. His eyes get fucking huge. He's a whole, it's like me and you coaching. And it's like, and it was a great interview, but we'll drop it today later on today. That, that, that's his uh, shit. That's dope. Yeah, it's a dope interview. Um, We're going to go to the pre-snap read of the show, uh, brought to you by Canadips, CBD.com. Head on over to Canadips. Um, use the promo code CoachJB. Also, 6-0 Academy. If you don't follow Matt, make sure you follow Matt on all things. We're here for the pre-snap read of this portion of the uh, Coach JB show. Uh, Matt McChesney joins me every morning. Uh, I want to ask you something, Matt. Is dating harder than it was 10 years ago? I I, I got to be honest because I don't know. Maybe it's because we're doing um, – I don't know where the video is or the picture is. Let me see. Uh, maybe we're doing – maybe we're pissing on people's faces. Oh <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't show the video of this right here. But this is apparently – this is a female who – is pissing on a dude on stage. Gross. Her name is Spice. She's an she's a rapper. Uh, she full on pissed on this dude, bro, That's- and uh, it was unbelievable. But but to be honest, is dating harder than it was ten years ago? I'm just looking around, and it's like, well, fuck. I don't know. I guess you're non-binary now. <laughs> There's all these terms. I don't know what. <laughs> You are really uh, it's I mean, like it's, so many things to it like isn't it not hard now well it, it's the great andrew dice clay said it 30 40 years ago you, you go out you take you meet the girl of your dreams you whine her you dine her you take her home you put your hand down her skirt and you're holding the tree trunk what do you say for a chick you got some set of balls so look man that's a it's a joke from andrew dice clay all you super soft people listening um i don't i don't know if it's harder bro i was married for 15 years and i'm divorced and i like refuse to go on dates and i refuse to get on the social media or the social platforms to go date and the like the last thing i want to do uh hands down is get involved with another female that's a soul sucker so and that's that's what they are so i'm i'm done with the soul sucking females Hey, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, no, I ain't dating shit. I'm good. I, I let me ask you this. I gotta. I gotta think. I believe social media is actually fuck dating. I think that oh, it's destroyed it. Humans don't know how to interact anymore whatsoever with each other, which has caused a huge rift in society. I don't believe we. Have, that's why there's so much left, right, black, white, red, blue. I think there's so much bullshit out there because we don't interact no more. We're fucking on Twitter. Matt, you're a pussy. Uh, fuck you. Yep. Matt, you're it's a te- pussy. It's telephone tough guys. There's telephone oh, yeah, tough guys it's everywhere. Cowards all day long, man. It's fucking exactly. unbelievable. Um, so I don't know. I, I love the chat get, is engaged now in this whole conversation. Uh, I don't well, know. Well, what do they? What do they think? I'm sure they think it's harder. If we, if yeah, you and I do. think it's difficult, I'd imagine they do. Hey, Josh said the same thing I just said. I just read his thing. He said that. Uh, he said that uh, he don't believe. Men and women talk to each other in public either. He's, I think that's, well, the, I think that's the, another thing is pretty much every female I know or see thinks they're like a fucking Instagram model. Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not saying you're not one. I'm not saying you are one though, just because you want to be one. 
So Man, not like there's filters, dog. They filter their exactly. face out on shit. And I'm like, like this is I, how I really look. Bigger, I got out of bed. I, I came make up my here. Bigger. <laughs> there's I no filter, filter here. Can yeah, I get a filter, filter to make my dick bigger, Matt? I just no, want to pull them. I don't think they made that filter I yet. I got a fucking log, and I'm like, yeah, here's my filter, <laughs> motherfucker. Can I show that? Like, that's what I'm tripping on. Like, how can you guys make yourself have sparkles and fuck? I'm like, dog, I want to well, fuck. Well, th- think about it like this. Have you ever heard that meme that says, I wish I could just, I wish I just had some big ass titties so I could be TikTok famous, but shit, I got to go to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. So, yeah. like, just imagine, like, if we had to do this show in like ball bras, and we had to show off our balls to just to get likes. You know how fucking weird that would be, bro. Hey, Lucy, we're not being sexist here, okay? I'm oh sorry. My I know God. We're not. Here we you know we're not. Go, Lucy yeah. loves us. She's a hell of a. Lucy loves us. Uh, no, Lucy's not saying that. I'm I'm fucking with Lucy. Uh, oh, okay. Let Never me ask mind, you this, Lucy. Would you pay? Me and Matt, if we had our <laughs> Where's this going? Only fans, and you just saw my balls all day. Would anyone fucking pay for that? Like, I'm confused. Somebody will. Hey, Matt, I can watch porn for free, though. Why do I need to go to OnlyFans? Well, the, the, first of all, porn is disgusting these days. Like, every time, I try not to even watch it for the simple fact that 90% of it is like stepmom son porn. It's fucking weird. I don't get it. Like, it, it's really disgusting. On top of the fact that like porn stars used to be bad, right? They used to be like Jenna Jameson bad. Like, oh my God, look at her. And now they're just like OnlyFans chicks who just have a camera phone that are just whores. Yeah. It's I mean, bad. I don't know any other way to put it, bro, but that's just what how I feel about it. I'm sorry if you think that sucking and fucking on OnlyFans for money doesn't make you a whore. That's fine. It's you can classify yourself these days however you want, but in my opinion, that's my opinion, and I'm sorry if you don't like it. And, and it's okay if you identify as a 40 year old black dude today, that's awesome, good for you. If you identify as I identify as a 12 year old girl today, so if, you, <laughs> if you're gonna get mad at me, that's the opinion of a 12 year old girl, hey, amen. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I don't want to get it. All right, let me ask you this: Marshawn Lynch coming out. Uh, we're in the pre, we're in the pre, we're in the pre-snap read portion of this Next show. Next topic. Hey, let's we'll start off with the bang here at six a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Russell, uh, Richard Sherman came out on a show podcast, and it basically said that uh, Russell Wilson made their teammates set up calls throughout through their business manager. So Marshawn could not talk to Russell unless they're in the facility without going through his manager. Oh my God. This is unbelievable, Matt. Like to break this down. Um, I'll have, I'll have uh chat sports, very own chase senior on later on. We'll break some more things down. He has some more insight on this, but what, what would you do if that is what you heard? Cause I would just hang up on the, whoever told me that I'd be like, all right, oh, I would, I would laugh hysterically. If, if like, if somebody walked up to me and said, look, the only way you can get a hold of your teammate right. is to call his publicist. I would laugh hysterically in the guy's face and go, who the fuck do you guys think you are? Like, <laughs> who are you, dude? You're just a fucking football player, dog. You're not special. You're just, if anything, your wife is the special one. She's the entertainer. 
She's the superstar. You're yeah, a grunt quarterback. I'll book to talk to her. Yeah, man. If I need to talk to a celebrity, I'll book through Sierra's publicist. But if I just need to talk to some dude, then that Russell, you're in the locker room with your boys and with your friends and your teammates. Look, I think that this is uh I think it's true 100 percent I don't know why Sherman and Lynch would lie about something like this, especially with how if you watch that interview and you watch them talking, that's just two guys that are boys that were in the locker room together for 10 years talking. Um, they just happen to be on video, and they're being honest, and it's real. And to be completely honest with you, I see it. Like It, it, it seems to me that Russell Wilson is trying too hard to fit in. He's trying oh. too hard to lead. He's trying too hard to be everybody's like perfect picture of a husband and a father and a man. And I, I, I guarantee you this, everyone listening and everybody watching and everybody that's going to see this, there are no perfect people. There are no perfect men. Everybody fucks up. Everybody makes bad decisions. And he's far from perfect. And this, this shit is so... The, there's nothing other than saying this is smug. Like, this is just smug, bro. Like, it just makes Russell Wilson, everything he says and does is just smug. Yeah, it's bad. I, I don't know, man. Um... Like, it's, dude, if, hey, if you want to get a hold of me later today, Jace, I need you to get, I need you to call my publicist, the dude and then he'll get a hold of me, me to decide if I want to talk to you. The dude that fucking emailed me—that's who I'm going to hit up. Exactly, and I, I'm going to go through you. I'm going to go through your consigliere too. So we want to actually yeah, talk to each other. We'll just uh, we'll just bounce shit off of, of Matt and Travis. And by the way, I'll have him email you that I'm going to yeah. smoke some fucking ribs today. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna have my guy text text your guy later about tomorrow morning's show. Cool, cool. That's Good. The I don't want to talk to you anymore. Fuck you. Today, though, too. <laughs> uh, I want to break this down real quick. My main man, Marcellus Wiley, launched a podcast yesterday on Dan Patrick's network. Nice. Uh, it's called More to It. So make sure you guys follow my main man. He'll be on the show. I'll be on his. Uh, he's been on this show several times. So much he's love awesome. together, Compton Hub City native. Uh, you know what? He he left Fox for a reason. He thought that uh, they were holding him back from speaking the truth, and he said, I'm not going to go out like Willie Lump Lump. I want to tell the real that Fox <laughs> would not allow me to say. So, Hey, let me ask you real quick. How does a, how does a defensive end from Compton get plucked by Columbia? Man, we I actually uh, – I don't know if you saw it, but Ow. I had him on my show. We actually asked that question because we kind of grew up together on the same block, and uh, – I'm not I saying like he shouldn't have gone there. Like, raised, I just, and he raised his daughter the same, like alone, solo, just like I raised mine. Um, he he had her when she when he was leaving Columbia. Right when he got into the NFL, he had her by himself. I had my daughter in college by myself. And uh, man, you know his parents raised him right, and that's what he talks about. He goes, "Just because you're from Compton, don't mean you have to be a fucking idiot." No, no, I'm saying, like, how did Columbia find a kid in Compton? Like, back in the day, there wasn't no social media and shit. I have no and, doubt that he could go right. there and play there. No, and he went to St. Monica High School, which was a private Catholic high school okay, okay. in Santa Monica area. And he got bust out. He went there because, you know, his parents were like, dude, you're not going to play here. Compton was horrible at the time. They weren't getting nobody out. Even back then, you know, we still looked around. Even – Matt, me and you back in the day, we still tried to go to the best situation, even though we knew social media didn't exist. We, me and you had to go to UCLA camp or Colorado camp. camp or, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So he ripped it, man. He was a running back, by the way, in high school. No shit. Oh, that motherfucker was a freak. Hey, yeah. let, let me ask you something. Uh, Jay Sean Sykes is from the Compton area. Do you remember Jay Sean? 
I know Jay Sean well. He's from Inglewood. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I've known well. He, he, uh, was he, was he as bad as I thought he was in high school? Cause that motherfucker, bro, for a yeah, couple of years good. in college before he hurt his neck, he was one of the best linebackers I've ever seen. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Uh, where'd he go? He, uh, he, he didn't go to Muir, did he? In Pasadena? Nah, he went to Inglewood, I thought. Or losing girl. I don't know. He, I remember him, though. He was younger than me. and He's younger than you, right? No, he, he's two years older than me. We played together at CU, and then he, Damn, is his he that senior guy? year, okay. when, I was a, when I was a sophomore, he broke his neck uh, against Kansas. Yeah. And then he was out the rest of the year. But, bro, I remember when I was a senior in high school and he was a sophomore right down the street here at CU, he had like 145 tackles as a sophomore. Which is all over the damn field. It's just that lineage of Colorado linebackers. I was just asking. Well, Chad, Chad was from Pasadena Muir. Yep. Um, Talk about it. And CB just got elected for the Hall of Fame, dog. How cool is that? I know. That's so no. fucking cool. I love seeing my boys fucking show out, dog. It's so awesome. No that's doubt. the other thing about football, man. And I think that's been lost when we're talking about this Russell Wilson thing and how how he isolates his teammates. You know what's like the coolest feeling other than being nominated or, or, you know, people you know, identifying that you were a good player and, you know, giving you a little bit of love. That's always cool. I love watching my homeboys get their due. I love it, bro. Like, every time I see Joel Clack killing it, I'm like, that's my quarterback, dog. That's my homeboy. That's my – we were captains together, you know. Like, every time I see CBs going to the Hall of Fame, like, it, it's fucking big time. That's why we do this shit, bro. So, it's it's – the glorification of your teammates and their accomplishments is what makes teams so special. Yeah, I just, I just wish that Russell would, I would understand that. Like, but Matt, it ain't just Russell. Look at this. That's Micah Parsons giving out game tickets for the first user to beat me on fucking Xbox. This oh. is not just a fucking. This is not just a. Uh, it's a global thing nowadays, dog, and that's just kind of your segue to what you're saying. Like, I don't think motherfuckers care no more. They rather play video games. It's all it's all about me. It ain't about we anymore. And I, the video game thing is extremely concerning to me. I, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I never played video games. I did, but I never played them online for 40 hours. Like, I I played a couple games of Madden with my homeboys after practice, maybe. All right, Matt. Let's I mean, we'd be talking shit in the locker room like, yo, I'm going to dub your ass and get you off the sticks later. 21-point rule's coming. But there was never like there was never like a weekend where I locked myself in my room and like got my Mountain Dew and Cheetos and fucking dim the lights like I'm about to get it on with a fat girl and then, <laughs> and then fucking throw on my headphones and go to town on World of Warcraft or whatever for fucking an entire weekend. I mean, let's talk about wasting our time a little bit more. Holy shit. Hey, chillin'. No, uh, I know you're a troll chillin' in the chat. So he said, I don't get it. So we can't play video games and we should avoid women. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. That's not what we're saying at all. You should avoid my show, you fucking cunt. That's so not listen, what we're saying at all. I, I got to, Yeah. He listens. He just hears and talks shit. He just made that account, by the way, Matt, 10 seconds ago. He just That's made okay. the account. I always love the people that, like, have the most to say, have, like, three followers. Oh, no, zero followers. That's, oh, why, well, I block. That's why I block. So, segue to this. Michael Parsons <laughs> plays video games, too. Uh, he's not the only one. It's not just uh, Kyler Murray. And now, here's, what, here's my moral of the story. Doesn't seem to be affecting Micah, though. Micah looks pretty good. Yeah, and, and let me let me uh, 
we we can we can dissect you know see ball hit ball theory compared to quarterback understanding protections fronts coverage there's pretty much difference we don't want to get into all that but i do want to say i have no issue with video games uh like you said we played video games back in the day but this is the era that we live in and this is what i mean matt I mean, I just could not fathom playing video games during my season because in my during my career, in my era, it was all business. And my video game was the film, Matt. That was more fun than any possible video game that in the world. I get to beat your ass in person by watching the game, the film, and I'm like... Where have we gone? Where are we going, Matt? That is my question to you. Well, so let's use Kyler Murray as an example. Let's just say that the the war, what is it, the the modern warfare thing that happens with him, whatever. It's cool. I played it a couple of times. I don't, I can't do it. It's too fast. I get murdered in two seconds and drop the sticks and leave. I, I look at it like this. If Kyler Murray is doing, let's say, 30 hours a week of playing modern warfare during the season. Okay. And he continuously struck and he's not out the club. He's not a drinker. He's not at the strip club. Like his vice is video games, apparently. So that is what it is. Um, Imagine how good he could be if he played for 15 hours or 10 and then gave the game another five hours of studying. And, And like, people that act like you don't need to study in football and like we're just going to go out and see ball hit ball like you just said like bro that it, it doesn't work like that that's why that's why the NFL game is struggling so bad right now you've got a bunch of young guys with the exception of Rodgers Ryan fucking Tom Brady and like shit Matt Stafford those are the only four guys that were that were played in the other era, with the exception of those four, maybe. Everybody else is a modern era thinker. And yeah. I don't know if it's as important to them to go and put now, in. We talked about it yesterday, investment, and we're giving them the money so early, Matt. We're giving them the money before they earn anything. And it just I just can't fathom a cat coming from nothing. You have to be so disciplined, Matt, but we're in the most undisciplined era of life. So oh, it's like, bad. It's terrible. How, how and- can you be disciplined like me and you? I can see me and you coming out. We came out of Compton. I, I was in my fucking car for 18 months, got out of jail. I, I, I said, I got to go Juco. I got I to gotta fucking be somebody. I'm not going to be this guy that follows everybody at the, making a left at the stop sign. I'm going to make a right. I'm not going to go slang dope and gang bang. I'm going to do something else. All right, fuck it. Jail woke me up. I get out. I go on my own track, go to JUCO, rebuild my image myself, go go about my business, make it to college, got a shot in the league, played in NFL Europe, played arena football, started coaching, helping kids. So my, my resume has been written for the most part. These cats, dog, have no discipline. Me and you said, all right, leaving Compton and getting out of a car at 18 months in a car and you gave me $100 million? I could see myself back then saying – Oh, dog, this is great. I'm going to put this shit aside. I'm going to buy me a crib, buy my mom a house, and dad a house. I'm go to work. My business. I want another bag. These cats don't care. they got generational wealth now. Well, and then this is the other thing. I didn't the, – the NFL's weird because back in the day, I don't remember them paying for potential unless they drafted it in the first round. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and look, I know Kyler Murray was the first pick overall. That's not what I'm talking about. Back in the day, like Sam Bradford and Jake, I was on the Dolphins when they drafted Jake Long. And they gave Jake, and Jake was a great player. I'm not throwing him under the bus. He was awesome. But they gave him like close to 90 million bucks guaranteed before he even played. Kyler Murray showed you that he was up and down and all over the place. And he had spurts of greatness. Consequently, all those greatness spurts are at the beginning of the season. As the season winds on and they get tape on him and he also has to study other people, his performance and his numbers just absolutely fall off of a cliff. It's like the GMs are being being persuaded by the public because of social media to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Like it, it's, I had this conversation yesterday, 92.5 out here, Altitude Sports Radio in Denver. I, I start a show with them uh, on Monday from 10 to noon. And I was talking to them yesterday on the radio about this. And it was, why did they, why did, I understand trading for Russell, right? I get that. But why did they walk in and pay him as fast as they did right at the beginning of the season? Instead of, they had, they had 17 weeks of, Evaluation Dude, is is this gonna work? And like now they're bro, if they were to so say they want to move on from Russell Wilson next year, do you know what the dead cap hit is on his contract? It's a hundred million dollars, bro. A hundred million dollars. Yeah, we got we're in the pre-stat breed. Me and Matt get ranting. <clears throat> I lose focus. I apologize to everybody out there. I have 14 more things to go through <laughs> in the fucking pre pre-snap read. Jerry Jones, Bob Kraft, get into a heated debate yesterday. Jones says, quote, unquote, don't fuck with me. Kraft said, excuse me. And he said, don't mess with me. And they get into a face verbal abuse or face to face verbal discussion and debate. Old guy fight? Old guy fight? Yeah, old guy Dude, fight. I was, um, I was saying, who are you taking? Blue you hairs. put Jerry Jones and Kraft in a ring together. Who, who are you putting money on? Jones. You're going to take Jones? Dog, because. He goes and takes pussy. Kraft dies. <laughs> well, Robert Kraft pays for it, too. Robert Kraft likes a little rub and tug action. No, that's my point. He pays for it. Jones takes it. Okay, so you're going to take Jones in a fight? I'd probably take Jones, too. I think he's got reach on Kraft. Um, I just think Jones is a fucking, like, a mobster, like, in the business. He's like a gangster. He's just yeah, going to... I have a, fe- like, I have a feeling that Jerry Jones... Out. I can see Kraft, like... Oh, don't hit me. Like, I, Jones is just going to, like, fucking he'll jo, Jerry Jones will eat his young. Yeah, Jerry, Jerry, I, I take Jerry in a fight with Robert Kraft one-on-one. Definitely. 100%. Uh, I don't know if that's what, big. What were they fighting about? Precursor, Matt, to all the tension that's building up with Daniel Snyder and the email scandal that's coming down the pipe. Make no that's mistake coming. about it. It's coming down the pipe. And... I don't know if you saw, but Ursay, Jim Ursay or the Colts basically said there is merit to removing Daniel Snyder if 24 of us voted. And then the then Daniel Snyder's team came back and said Ursay's out of pocket, out of line, whoop-de-whoop. I think this is about to be a fucking implosion well, or an explosion. And the NFL is about to see the real, real Coach Gruden emails. And that's what well, I look, think happened here. Gruden um, got blackballed, period. And, and scapegoated. He's not the only one doing it. Not saying he was right, but he did get scapegoated bad. Bruce Allen didn't get anything. Nothing happened to him. People hate Daniel Schneider, and for good reason. He's a douchebag. That said, 
That said, he is an owner, and he has the right to fight for his ownership right and stake. And to be honest with you, who the fuck is Ursay? Like, I'm pretty sure Ursay just got caught with, like, didn't he get caught with, like, a thousand Oxycontin or some shit in his trunk? I don't understand, Matt. It's the enabled. But like, dog, what, we sit in your enabled. fucking tower all you want, but you, come on. Like, you're not no, we're enabled, dude. We are enabled. That is why we're so enabled, in my opinion. We got these dudes that can do, 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 and then want to call you out for doing it as well. Exactly. And I'm like, hold on, dog. Let's look in your closet, motherfucker. I, I just, <laughs> it blows my mind. I get secondhand embarrassment from it. Um. The Celtics. It's okay when you do it. It's a problem if I do it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt. I, I, so, 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 you know how it is. It, people would, would bash me. I was the criminal of all criminals coaching, Matt, because I would steal your kid out of your area and bring him to my area and go to my school. But you could do it for years and years and years until the man stepped up and stopped it. Now it's a problem. But before, you could steal my kids and it's okay because you're the yeah. old white guy. When I go do it, motherfucker, and steal your kids, now I'm the asshole. Like, exactly. dog, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, that works. The Celtics route the 76ers without their pimp-ass coach, Udoka. Uh, the Celtics, uh, 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 Tatum, Tatum and, Jamal, and, uh, and Jalen Brown scored 35 apiece. Uh, James Harden had 35, and Embiid had 26. I, I Did think you see how Harden showed up to the game? Yeah, I think it's the Go same on. 76ers, dog. I think they're the same 76ers. I think they're the same Celtics. I don't think there's any different. I think Celtics are a better team. I think the I think the Celtics are are better. Uh I think that the the 76ers um I, I think they have too many uh alphas and not enough uh betas, so to speak. You know how we used to say there's too many uh Chiefs, not enough Indians. Uh I believe that is the case there. Uh the Warriors route the Lakers uh after a 6-hour Banner drop, which I turned it off. I said, dude, I'm not going to watch your fucking ban- ring ceremony for, for fucking two hours. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Uh, it, it really did take forever. But I will say this. Golden State, after they got done dropping the banner, dropped the Lakers. The Lakers are shitty. Dude, I got to be honest. How the fuck did they give Palinka, the GM, an extension built on this roster? This roster know. is old. It's decrepit. Eddie Manyweather, where the fuck you at, homie? The Lakers are fucking horrible. They're and the- and look, it, it's not only that, but, like, I understand that Mike at 40-41 with the Wizards wasn't dominant. But he – LeBron, is, I think it, this bullshit is tarnishing him bad. Yeah. And, and I love LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater. He's awesome. He's on my all-time starting five. But I don't even think you, he holds a candle to Kobe and Mike. Neither. Like, Neither. I, I think he's a far away third on, with Kobe and Mike. So, you know, greatness, that's awesome. We can evaluate it all we want. But but I think that LeBron going to L.A. has kind of backfired on him a little bit. Like, the, the bubble title is nice. I'm glad they won it. Uh, actually, I'm not glad. Uh, they beat my Nuggets in the finals. I, I was fucking heartbroken. But that that's that's good. They won a title, I guess. Um but that that said, like since the bubble, they haven't done shit. They've gotten worse. And Russell Westbrook is like a walking cancer, bro. He that guy is a no, fuck. I, I don't get it. Like you bring him off the bench. I think they brought him off the bench, right? Uh, yep. And uh, he doesn't do bring you anything. Like it's no. Well, why would you mix Westbrook with Patrick Beverly too? Like who who decided in the 
general manager room to take those two guys that absolutely hate each other and put them on the same team together. I, I don't know, man. This is what the a, fuck are we doing? This is I, I I just I would be so shocked to see Westbrook finish out the season with the Lakers. Oh, he's gone, less. bro. They're gonna trade him for sure. Uh, it's it's guaranteed. Uh, it's guaranteed. Tua's little brother carted off the field for Maryland after his knee was re-injured. Is it? Let me ask you this. I'm I'm known for calling cats out and saying they're bleeders. You know, we bleed. We 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 can put a, a napkin on it. We stop the bleeding. Uh, then we scab up. A lot of cats like AD, Anthony Davis, uh, Chris Paul. These motherfuckers are bleeders, in my opinion. They can never get right. Um, are, are these kids too young to consider them as bleeders? Is that a real thing? Could I should I not call them bleeders? Is this I, don't, I try I try not to get too uh, emotional from a, a like an analyst standpoint with it hurt guys. I mean, being hurt was. I got hurt a lot when I was in the NFL. My body just started falling apart on me. And I had two years on IR, and it was terrible. There's nothing worse than that feeling, knowing you can't play because of injury. Um, there's a difference. There's, But there's a huge difference between being hurt and being injured. So if you're hurt, I expect you to go out and play and you know take some Advil and tape it up and move forward. If you're injured, you can't play, bro. And that I understand. We need to get you right before we can get you on the field. But there's there's a huge difference, in my opinion, be, between being hurt and being injured. Hey, Josh, I got some Usos in the chat. Uh, he's like, he's even as an Uso in a poly household, he's a bleeder. He said he's a bleeder, Us. Hey, let me ask you something, uh, Josh and, and, and Matt. I'm saying, I'm, I'm asking this as a bleeder question is the reason I'm asking Josh, too, is because now Tua is a bleeder. Is he not? So I'm asking, is this family a bleeding family right now? Well, they're both quarterbacks, and both quarterbacks are soft. <clears throat> I, mean, I, I used to love being a bleeder, dog. I would bleed all over you and fucking grab your face mask and fucking Matt. You missed the fucking Like, like fight club style. Let uh, the basement. Um... The Ravens add Deshaun Jackson. So fucking what? Like, who gives a fuck? He's 40. And and he's and Lamar's not going to be able to throw him the ball consistently either because <laughs> Lamar doesn't know what the hell he's doing. A consequent look, look again, guys. No one's hating on Lamar Jackson and his athletic greatness. The kid is a freak. I'm hating on the fact that every single time he goes in at halftime, he walks out in the third and fourth quarter and gets monumentally worse. The coordinators are all over him. He's blown multiple leads. He's got first-round receivers in Bateman, and Duvernay looks like a good player, and Mark Andrews is a freak, and he's got good backs and a good offensive line. I know this because in the first half of games, they look like a really competitive football team. In the second half of games, they look like a one-win football team. So that all goes back to Lamar, in my opinion. And look, Deshaun Jackson can still run. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure he'll hit him on some deep routes for a touchdown or two, but it's not like Deshaun Jackson's going to come in and fucking solve any problems, guys. I mean, come on, dude. I also heard something the other day that was debating if Deshaun Jackson's a Hall of Famer. And everyone was like, oh, hands down, he's a Hall of Famer. And I'm like, what? Deshaun Jackson's a fucking Hall of Famer? He's a good pro. But he's not a Hall of Fame receiver. It's not even close. He hasn't fucking played consistently for fucking ever. Like, and that's the other thing is I need everyone needs to stop just looking at numbers in this era and saying, oh, well, his numbers line up with all these guys from the other era. 
oh, you mean the other era where they threw the ball 12 times some games? That era? So I, I just, I've had to think about this a lot more since you brought up the Troy Aikman thing, right? So I think about if you took Aikman, who's a great player, no one's saying he's not, extremely accurate, great leader, demand perfection is one of the things I like about him the most. You take Aikman, you take Elway, you take Marino, definitely Marino. You take Montana, you take Steve Young. You imagine how fucking good Steve Young would be this in this era. Randall Cunningham. You take guys like that and put them in this era, bro. Holy shit. That's my point. Holy about shit. That's why, that's why you still hurt my feelings with the whole Aikman thing, and I'll never forgive you. But it is all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Yankees win. Um, the Phillies win. Um Rex Ryan comes out and says Tom Brady, uh, the loss the other day for the Bucks is Tom Brady. It's solely on Tom Brady. Uh, I don't mind Rex Ryan saying it because he was a coach and he probably wanted Brady to be there. I get that he's older and all that, but at the same time, Matt, I'm as a coach, Matt, you're either two feet in or, or, or not because you're one foot in, one foot out guy. I'd rather go get a two foot in guy. Well, that I, how is Tom Brady one foot in, one foot out? I don't understand. Did I miss something? Well, I'm saying, if you're a coach, you're a coach, you coach guys every day. If one of your guys said, listen, he's been with you three years, let's say, relevant to Tom Brady's 20 years from your academy to playing in the NFL. Let's say you have a guy for four years throughout his career. This guy's been playing 20. He misses nine days of camp. He's got family issues. We get it. And then we start to stack shit up, Matt. We start to add shit up here. We're going to keep stacking shit up. Then he misses a walkthrough. He goes to a wedding. Cool. But I get Rex Ryan's point. Like, dog, don't do it then. Like, if you're going to chill, you should have stayed retired. You're giving us a false cloud of hope around here. And we're looking at you and depending on you as the guy that you are, seven-time champion. But you're giving us a little bit of a half-ass kind of feeling here. And I so do, do you think that how, okay? So how do you view the optics of him getting on his guys that had like at the the Pittsburgh game? There's a lot of people like, oh, he's yelling at them, and I'm like, he's no. telling them you're doing a good job, no. but you're not. You're much better than this. Get your shit I, I, together. I, I, I have no issue with him arguing or yelling at the O line. You see, the O line took it and accepted it, right? Oh yeah, knows, that's what it is. It's Tom Brady. Yeah, he knows Tom Brady takes care of his guys, just like I did. Just like you, you, you respect that quarterback. And we all know that. And that's how I was. Um, his point was, Rex Ryan's point was, that's fine and dandy, but you should have been at the walkthrough also. It would have held a little more water. It would have held a little more water if you were at the walkthrough and then went and then cussing them out because it looks like, okay, is this guy a half-assed coach or is he a player or is he a model? I mean, what is the motherfucker – and I don't know if it is conducive to winning with this mixture of generational kids, Matt. We talk about all the time. These kids are video game guys. How quick can they lose their attention span and say, all right, this guy is an old school cat, but he's missing. Now let me go and play Fortnite all night for 30 more hours this week and say, fuck Tom Brady. So, so, so look, Brady's going through a lot. There's no doubt about that. Um you know, being hey, you, you look cool as fuck, by the way, with the glasses on right now, dude. The sun right. hitting your face, like, you look fucking cool. Great. The, the, the sun's beating on me, making me look really good. I, I like it. Um, 
look, Brady's going through emotional turmoil on top of being an NFL quarterback, which is already super stressful. And it's, it's public. So his divorce is like in the middle of the media and everyone's talking about it. And it's a public divorce, which is terrible. Like it just, it couldn't get any worse for him. Um, that said, this is what happens when you marry a Brazilian supermodel who is probably fucking nuts. I mean, it, by just looking at her, she's, she's, if she's a nine on the hot scale, she's a hundred on the crazy fucking scale. So when she said to him at the beginning of the year, I don't want you to go back and play NFL football anymore. And he said, fuck you. I'm a baller. I sent you that video last night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I posted this on my social media account, but it go to at six zero Academy on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, check it out. But it's a picture of like Tom and Giselle and their kids and it's nice music and everything. <laughs> and then it's like psych. And it just shows it. Nipsey hustle comes on and grinding on my life. I'm married to this game. That's who I made my wife. And he pulls up seven rings and shit. And I'm like, God, that is some cold hearted shit right there. <laughs> but I, I think that's what he is. Like, I think Tom Brady's married to the game. And if his, if his chick wants to ride, then ride. And if she doesn't, then let's ride. Let's ride. I mean, she, if honestly, Giselle, Giselle is wrong here. Like she, she's got to support her man in this regard. She can't just bail on him. Right. When she doesn't like something. That's fucked like, up. Bell on him week. I mean, bell on the motherfucker year of 26. Like, come yeah, on. Just divorce them when they're, when you're done playing. Divorce them when you're done playing like everybody else. Don't do it in the middle of the season. We're trying to win a Super Bowl, damn it. Are you going to sacrifice or not, Giselle? Hey, uh, yeah. Um, George Floyd, uh, daughters announced a $250 million lawsuit versus Kanye West after he said George died on an overdose. Basically, he was not choked out by the cops, is what Yeezy said. Uh, what? Let me ask you this. Ice Cube came out and basically called Yeezy and told him to shut the fuck up because uh, Yeezy apparently said that Ice Cube is anti-Semitic. And Ice Cube said, I've never been anti-Semitic, and, ne- and I wish you would keep your name, my name out your fucking mouth. So I wish Ice Cube would drop a fucking diss record and just demoralize Kanye West. I can't stand it. Rappers don't do that anymore. Ice Cube and Kanye are going to go after each other on a diss. No, we're too scared. Now we're too scared. Social media. Um, I I would I would love that though. Who would you take in that battle? Who would you take in the Ice Cube Kanye? Oh, I'm an Ice Cube fan. But Ice Cube is one of the coldest diss rappers of all time. Ice Ice Cube will tear your ass up. Yeezy's going to get on there and go weird. Murder that motherfucker. Uh. Lamar Odom comes out. I watched him on Shannon Sharp show. He looked like a lost fucking soul, by the way. He yeah, came he, he, out. Him and Michael Beasley are really struggling. Facebook and the post about Chloe wasn't from him. Apparently, he posted a Facebook <laughs> post and it said, "Missing my best friend." He it's a picture of him and Chloe, and uh, I don't know if you saw the interview with Shannon Sharp. He basically sounded pretty openly wild, uh, talking about his overdose, and he talks about. Uh, he didn't take any drugs the night of his uh, heart attack or stroke or whatever he had. So very interesting to say. I just wanted to break news right there, Matt, since we're breaking news organization here. Um, I want to get to something, Matt, real quick. Uh, Heisman Trophy odds. I know you got about five minutes, and then I got uh, Chase coming on. Let me ask you this. Hendon Hooker takes over the lead. He's got 33 first-place votes. C.J. Stroud's in second. And then Bryce Young, Blake Corum at Michigan, the running back, and Max Dugan at TCU has now climbed into the top five. I like that. Do you? I like I like DTR. 
I, I think DTR should absolutely be involved in this. It's more East Coast bias. Um, deep, look, that's a huge game this weekend for UCLA. They haven't beat Oregon but once in the last 10 tries. Although the last three games have been three-point have been three point games. DTR is balling. He goes and beats Oregon in Eugene this week. His, he's on that list. One thing that's really amazing to me is C.J. Stroud, bro. Like, I, I look at C.J. Stroud, and I see a lot of talent. There's no doubt about that. But I also look at who he's throwing to and who he's throwing against. And I, I went back and try and really evaluate what I was looking at. And for a guy who's like a consensus number one pick, he sure does have accuracy issues and placement issues. And I don't know if he's as good as he is or if he's just playing with a ton of first-round draft picks. Like, and that that's what scares me. If you're, if you're going to get the first pick in the draft this year, and I, I don't know who that's going to be, but obviously they're in need of a quarterback, whomever it is, Carolina most likely, and you're going to put all your eggs in the C.J. Stroud ba- bucket, there's about five or six other quarterbacks that are that are pretty damn good right behind him that I, I don't know how you evaluate these kids and, and say that they're not as good as CJ. Like, if you took DTR and put him in Columbus, how good would he be? If you took Will Levin and put him in Columbus, how good would he be? If you took, you know, if you took uh, homeboy at, at, at Tennessee, Hooker, and put him at Ohio State, how good would he be? So, you know, it, it's... What Hendon Hooker is doing at Tennessee is awesome. Um, he is absolutely balling right now, and he should be the favorite for the Heisman. But that that ship will fall off real fast when they play Georgia. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the KU quarterback would have been in that mix too, but you definitely, know, he, he absolutely would have been. Hey, check this out. What if we have an eleven and one Alabama or twelve and one Alabama SEC champs? 11 and 1 Tennessee lost to Georgia. 11 and 1 Georgia lost to Alabama in the in the SEC title game. 11 and 1 Michigan. 12 and 0 Ohio State. 10 and 2 Big 12 champion Texas or undefeated TCU Big 12 champion Texas or 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 11 11 and 1 Kansas State Big 12 champion. You have a an undefeated Oregon or an undefeated UCLA or a one-loss USC, one-loss Oregon, and Oregon's undefeated in conference. How exactly, and I guarantee you I'm missing two or three. The SCA, I didn't talk about Clemson, who could be undefeated in the ACC, or Syracuse. They played this weekend, Ole and Miss. they're both undefeated. So are, are you telling me that they're just going to handpick four teams when you've got all these one-loss teams and undefeated teams just to go play? They need to start the 12-team playoff right now. <laughs> Hey, we got two minutes left before you get out of here. Two-minute drill right here brought to you by CanadaDipCBD.com. Make sure you got to head over there. We're going to do the two-minute drill to get Matt up out of here real quick. Boom, two-minute drill. Welcome to it. Let's go. Here's my two-minute drill. I'll give you my two minutes. I'll give you one minute. Matt will give you one minute of a question, all right? Here's my question to start the two-minute drill now. Boom, five landing spots for Matt Rule. Ready, go. I think Auburn is number one. Harson's out. Big Boy Resources. We have a buy-in and support. I think Auburn's number one for Matt Rule. Number two, Arizona State. I think Arizona State can be relevant again. They got a strong recruiting base. They're geographically connected to Cali, Texas, and Vegas. I think Arizona State losing Arizona or UCLA and SC can make it attracting for Matt Rule to win the conference every year. Wisconsin, I think it's a strong conference. They have a buy-in crowd uh, fan base, and they have a historically 
uh, great tradition. Nebraska, history once again. They can He can cement his name in college football lore by rebuilding Nebraska and winning again. And Colorado's number five for me. I think he but can create a new, a new legacy, rebuild something that is broken, and be a power in the conference. Um, those are my five landing spots for Matt Rule, Matt. Um, I, you got about 20 seconds to comment on any of those that stick out before I give you your one minute. So, obviously, the Colorado thing, if Sanford doesn't work out, Rule's my number one pick there. And even if Sanford does, I think you can bring Rule in and keep Mike as the OC and assistant head coach because of, you know, he's only been there for a year and he's obviously interwoven with the guys. The Nebraska thing is concerning to me because I don't – it's weird. I want to beat them when they're good. We're not in the same conference anymore, so we won't play them every year. But Matt Rule going to Nebraska, he could turn that place into a fucking powerhouse. But I think he ends up at Auburn when it comes down to it. They just have too much bread, and, and they are going to look at him as a true program builder. Uh, and, and, and you know, when, when Auburn beats Alabama, they go and play for a national title. When Tennessee and Old Miss and Texas A&M beat Alabama, they lose a game and fuck up their season. So hey, I what's think going Auburn. See what's going on, brother? I see you back there. Go ball. Auburn, Auburn's a better fit. And then, so my question is Alabama. Yes. All right, here we go. Last minute, right here. Right. Uh, Alabama. One minute, Matt. Alabama. Can they still win a Natty if these three things happen? Go. So these three things. Number three, they have to find a secondary. All right. I've never seen a Nick Saban team get tore up like this in the secondary consistently. Like, I understand they didn't give up 52 points to AM, but I mean, a very substandard quarterback tore them up the whole game. And they could have lost that one as well. The old miss game is going to be very interesting for Alabama as well. So they got to find a secondary. Number two, where in the hell is Cam Anderson? What happened to this guy? He, it's like, where's Waldo? 31 was supposed to be. You know, Lawrence Taylor and Alabama uniform. And I'm not saying he's not an elite talent and they aren't keen on him. But, bro, as a defensive player, you need to you overcome mean Will that. Anderson? Yeah, Will Anderson. Isn't that yeah, what yeah. I said? You said Cam. Yeah. My bad. Will Anderson, 31. Sorry, my bad. That's the CTE right there. And then number one is Saban needs to be Saban. Like, Nick Saban needs to coach his team and inspire his guys and get them ready to play every week like he used to. You know, it, it, I hear Nick Saban complaining a lot about the modern day era of, of college football with NIL and transfer portal, and he doesn't like the rules. Well, that's because his old ass doesn't want to adapt to the new way things are being done. So, Nick Saban, adapt to the new way things are happening, or the old way of things is going to be the reason that you don't win more national titles because the SEC is caught up with Alabama. And Texas caught up without, like, let's be real. They should have two losses. Texas beat them in Austin. So that that's what I think Alabama needs to do specifically. Hey, um, we got all week to talk. I got more things. Um, you got to get out of here. Um, See you tomorrow morning. Ready to rock. I appreciate you joining me this morning, man. And uh, Amen, going I saw, your, I saw your son back there. That's what I was yelling at. I was like, little McChesney back there. So Little, uh, little big McChesney, 12-year-old I monster. I saw him. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, um, we've we been big around here. Hey, kudos to you. <laughs> go, go motherfuck some more youth football organizations. I, I will try. Have a good day, brother. Later, bro. Peace. Um, hey, listen, man, uh, we're back. We're starting to show off with a bang here. Uh, the next hour, I am solo, dolo, and then we'll bring in uh, 
Chase Senior, uh, Chat Sport, very interesting character. He ha- he does a lot of interesting things on his show, and he's an NFL analyst uh, specializing in the 49ers and the Eagles. But he's also a uh, an extraordinarily gifted analyst on all things football. He'll be joining us in an hour. And uh, hey, man, I'm gonna take a piss break real quick. I'll be right back. Let my dogs out, and uh, we're gonna get after it for an hour solo dolo. I got a lot of shit to break down and discuss still. Like only I can do. Uh, I'll see you in about four minutes. Peace. So here's my top five fucking of all time. Tony Gonzalez is the premier tight end in my generation. Not only did we play against each other in high school, growing up together, his old his older brother was actually one of my JUCO tight ends. His name is Chris Gonzalez, by the way. Went to Huntington Beach High School, grew up right up the street. We played together. In the pl- we actually played each other in high school twice. Um, he also played basketball when I, for his high school, we were obviously the number one team in the country in basketball. He was a great basketball player as well. Played at Cal Berkeley with Jason Kidd, um, Tremaine folks, another good friend of mine. He was on that squad. Uh, Ed Gray, another LA kid. That Cal team was great. I think they lost in the elite eight, uh, to Duke, I want to say, or North Carolina, but that, that Cal team was really good. Tony Gonzalez was a problem in college basketball. Could have played in the NBA. Uh, I don't think he would have ever had the same career, obviously. He would have just been a big, bulky power forward in the, in the NBA. You know, he's 6'6". Uh, probably could, you know, at that time. Um, but he was a great inline blocker. He was a great pass receiver and catcher. He always, And also was, uh, he did a lot of things that tight ends at that time were not willing to do. Um, but Tony was a all around tight end who holds most records and he played longer. That's one of the reasons I cannot put Gronk in there. I do think Gronk is probably the most talented tight end to play the game, but I don't put him there because I think he's played 11 years. He's only 33 years old and I don't think, you can put him as the best already. I think he scored in three of his four Super Bowl victories. Um, but anyway, Ozzie Newsom is my number two tight end. Ozzie Newsom redefined the position. He is what the Antonio Gates of the world, the Shannon Sharps, all those guys became later. Ozzie Newsom, also a friend of mine who, who was the... All right, all right, all right. I'm back in the building. Like Hova said, I'm back in the building, man. Um, let's get it going. Let's get it going. A lot of things to discuss. Um, man, uh, appreciate Matt joining us, man, giving us some insight on some things. Uh, word of the day, unbothered, man. Be, the, be fucking unbothered. That's all I got to say. Be fucking unbothered. Um, it bothers people. It bothers people when you're when you're unbothered. I, I love it. I fucking love it. Um, some dude on 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 YouTube makes some comments, and he was like, uh, "Nobody watches your show." Da, da, da. Just some hater, right? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, "This dude just wrote me a fucking novel. He wrote me a novel, telling me nobody watches the show." But clearly, you watched the show. (laughs) 
I mean, this motherfucker is so bothered that I'm unbothered that it blows my mind. So, hey, it is what it is, dog. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, no, I did not grow up with Jason Whitlock. I've known Whitlock for a while. Uh, one of my good friends um, is is grew up with Jason and was a high school teammates, football player. They played football together in Indianapolis. Uh, I did not grow up in Indianapolis. Um, so it is what it is. Um, appreciate all you guys hitting the like button. Subscribe. Become a member today. We're getting this thing back going here. I'm solo for the next hour. Um, man, the Lakers are absolutely atrocious. They are a horrible organization. They are put together roster-wise bad as shit. I think they're horrible. Uh, they have a very, very bad roster. I got to be honest. Their roster is old. It's decrepit. It is just a very, very bad roster. I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe their their roster is very good. I think they're old, dog. They're old. Um, Hector says, uh, should the Packers trade Jordan Love for Chase Claypool? I don't know if Claypool's the answer for Aaron Rodgers either. I, we're, I'm going to break down some things right now. I'm going to get into some quarterback talk right now, and we're going to light up the scoreboard real quick on this first and 10 segment brought to you by candidates. Um, man, I don't know. Let's, let's get into the first and 10. First down, uh, brought to you by candidates. I'm going to break down some things, man, real quick. Um, we are in full betting mode, by the way, Hector, because there's baseball, football, basketball, you name it, short, fast, skinny, and tall. It's all on there right now. I'm going to get into some things, but I want to talk about some possible quarterback changes moving forward. All right. I'm going to break down some quarterbacks and I want to break down some possibilities of them moving forward. All right. So, um, Roger and Zappy. All right. I know that's not his name. I just like that Roger and Zap term. Um, does he replace Mac Jones? I got to break this down. Does, does Zappy replace Mac Jones? This is a conversation to have. They are uh, basically 2-0, and 1.5-0, if you want to say it. He came in for Mac during that game. He, they won. He, he, he looks good. They, the Patriots are playing better as an organization. Um, and when you win, man, you, you know, look at, the, look at the Cooper Rush situation. Look at all these other guys. Is he the guy to replace Mac Jones, or do they put Mac Jones back in because he's young? And let's say, now listen, just through the ocular lens, being a quarterback guy, I think Zappi's more talented than Mac Jones. I, I think he's more talented than Mac Jones. Um, that is what I truly believe. I think he is more talented. Now, his body of work is not that in depth. He doesn't have a lot of body of work yet on his resume, so I would like to see Zappi play more. But I also need to see Mac Jones play more. So there's a very, very uh, – it's a, it's a very, very tough situation to be in for Belichick with the OC, who 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 is really a defensive-minded guy, um, I'm interested to see how this unfolds in New England. I like the Zappy kid you, through the ocular I, I, lens, looking at him. I like him, but I also haven't seen enough of Mac Jones. I have not seen enough of Mac Jones, um, so I got to see if this is something that can happen and 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 can it work out. I don't know. We're gonna see. Um, so right now, I, I would I would assume Mac Jones comes back, but I would not put it past uh, Belichick to go with his gut on this one because coaches go with their gut more often than not, usually win. They usually win. 
And Belichick knows how to win. So it is what it is. Dak is now replacing Cooper Rush again, obviously, for whatever reason, uh, for every reason in the book. Not not whatever reason, for every reason, obviously. The money that he gets paid. Uh, he is more talented quarterback, etc. Like I said on Whitlock's show on Monday, I don't believe the Cowboys are a better team with Dak Prescott. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think the Cowboys are better team just because they put him back in. I don't believe it is. I believe they're a better team with Cooper Rush. Is Dak Prescott more talented than Cooper Rush? Yes. He's more skillful? Yes. I don't believe he's a better quarterback for that team. That's just what I believe in, dog. I truly believe that. I think Cooper Rush is the quarterback to get the Cowboys to the next level. And I don't believe that the Cowboys have a next level. I think they're very, very roster limited. Uh, I can't wait to ask uh, Chase this later. I think they're roster front loaded. I, I think they have a lot of holes, just like the Rams, just like the Ravens. I think they're front loaded and, and they have a lot of missing pieces. As to where Buffalo has a lot of depth, um, I thought the Bucks had a lot of depth. I think the Bucks have a little bit of a head coaching issue right now. I believe he's a defensive coordinator. But we're going to get into that because um, I want to also go into the future with some things. Um, Trubisky back in the helm. Uh, Kenny Pickett admits basically split time the other game. Pickett was 11 of 18 for 67 yards. Trubisky was 9 of 12 for 144. Each of them threw a touchdown apiece. Pickett left the game with a concussion. Who will start this week? Pickett or is, if, is, if Pickett's cleared, is he back as the starter or is Trubisky the starter? I'm curious to know that one. Um, interesting, interesting times right now in the NFL and quarterback play. I, I can't wait to see this one unfold. Uh, I think Trubisky is the guy that should be playing. I think we're throwing this kid, uh, pick it into the fire on a team that is very, very non-talent. They're not a very talented roster. They're not a very talented fucking roster. So by saying that, um, I think. I think Trubisky should be the guy and let Pittsburgh figure it out. That's what I think. Um, Jimmy G is being questioned after they lose to Atlanta. Uh, you know, I'm going to talk about both quarterbacks right here. Mariota, Mariota threw for 137 yards. And some people on, Twi on Twitter, on Twitterverse were like, this is the best game of his life. I'm like, the motherfucker threw for 137 yards. If you didn't watch my two minute, Fastest two minutes with Coach JB <laughs> halftime report that I do every Monday, which is becoming like a, a fan favorite. Uh, I just spit it out. I don't I don't record it multiple times either, by the way. I do it one fucking time. But anyway, Jimmy G is their option and their only option. And I believe it's their best option. Mariota. He's a guy, man, that is is a veteran, at least. And Arthur Smith, I love what he's doing in Atlanta. I would not be shocked if Atlanta comes out of the fucking South. And uh, But do you go with the Desmond Ritter kid as a rookie on that roster? Man, again, we're throwing these kids to the wolves. I'm not for throwing these cats to the wolves. I'd rather have them develop and through osmosis learn from a Mariota. Learn like a Jordan Love has done with Aaron Rodgers. Learn like a Kyle Trask is doing right now under Tom Brady. That is what I think. But I want to get into all these things. Um, 
Who is the guy in Miami? Is it Teddy? Is it Tua? Is it the guy with the porn star name? I don't know. And I, my more important question here is, do you play Tua? Because if you do, is this the first and last year as a head coach for this weirdo fuck? Because I'm just being honest, dog. He is in a he is in the precipice of his career as a head coach first year. He's either understanding. I'm a math major. I've lost the locker room. We've lost three in a row or whatever. And I need to realize, do I make a business decision and tell Tua, this is not for you. You're fucked up. You're fucked up. So let me sit you. We're going to take our lumps with Teddy and roll. I I think he is in a very, very peculiar situation in Miami. I don't know what Miami does. If Tua plays again this year, which I believe he'll probably do. Um, oh, man, I, I feel for Tua, man. I really do. I just think he's another bang away. Like, every time you land on your head from here on out, it is easier and easier and easier to get concussed. Like, you need time off. This isn't enough time off, dog, after two violent head trauma injuries. There's no way that this is something you just come back in two weeks and play again. I just don't see it. I think he's setting himself up for failure. I think it's a bad look. I think it's an NFL nightmare. I think NFL does not want to see this, but we'll see. I love how we preach, 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 safety, 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 tackle late, hit, targeting, unsportsmanlike conduct, but you just had two major traumas with your head. Come on back and play right away. (laughs) I love it, NFL. You're not hypocritical at all. You're not fucking hypocritical whatsoever. Let's be safe. Let's put condoms on our helmets. Let's fucking get after it. Let's be safe. This is the safest era. Take out kickoff return. Take out the wedge breaker. Let's let's be safe and healthy and can't hit the quarterback. You can't even throw him down like this. But, Tua, your brain is basically jello now. Come on back and play right away. We need you. We need to sell tickets. (laughs) Oh, my God, dog. It is fucking unbelievable to me, the hypocrisy of the NFL. It don't matter if you're a warrior, dog. Warriors get fucking killed very, very easily, too. (laughs) Dog, your brain becomes fucking water mush after you've been concussed a few times. I'm just being honest. So, understand it. Um, Let's dive into some teams as what they should do, all right? I want to have this conversation. This is when I wish I had a co-host. But... I, I get comments, too. Hey, Coach, we like you solo better. Listen, I appreciate you, dog. I do. But it's a, it's hard to do a three-hour show. By the way, six hours a day, which I've been doing for the last fucking three months uh, by myself. It's easier to have some real talk banter back and forth with somebody. So I like having different guests on, and I think it, in, it, it enhances the show. But when I do go solo, I at least want to bring some real talk energy and banter to you. And I got to ask the chat. What does Arizona Cardinals do? What do the Arizona Cardinals do? Because the Arizona Cardinals are in a very, very peculiar situation. All right. Um, I got to be honest. 
they are in a very, very peculiar situation. I know there's van, there's talk out there. We got to trade Kyler Murray. We got to get rid of this motherfucker. I just don't know how you get rid of him. But what does Arizona do? I think they're fucked. I think they are fucked. I think that they got they got Robbie Anderson because Hollywood Brown's out for the year, right? So or for six weeks or whatever. Kingsbury's gonna be Kingsbury's gonna be the fucking scapegoat. We already know Kingsbury's gonna be the scapegoat. So, dog, you know, I would get rid of him and fi- and just start over. Get you a dog. When is when are you gonna realize that you still don't win? In this athletically gifted quarterback era. I mean. Mahomes got one. But he's not the guy. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not doing the same shit. So. When do we realize. Dog this ain't it. This ain't it. We need a traditional NFL quarterback. That can make plays. By manipulating the pocket with his feet, not escaping the pocket with his feet and becoming a fucking runner and becoming a fucking shit show out here. Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, they have guys open. They can't get them to football. That's why receivers don't want to play there. Wait till Bernard Hopkins comes back this week and and Kyler Murray sits there and fucking stares at him and throws two picks because they're going to double team his ass. And you're going to say, oh, it ain't about the receivers, dog. Maybe, maybe, maybe Hopkins has a big day because it's his first game back. Like, like Devontae Adams had his first game with Carr. What's he done since, really? Nothing. Nothing. But what do I know? What do I know? I don't see that style winning in an NFL game, meaningful game in the Super Bowl. And it has yet to happen in 75 years. I don't believe it's going to happen for another 75 unless we play flag football and we just can't pull Lamar Jackson's fucking flag. Just imagine Kyler Murray and flags. He'd win every game. You could never tackle. You would never be able to get Kyler Murray's flags. (laughs) You would never be able to pull Kyler Murray's flags. But what do I know? Um... The but do but what do I know segment brought to you by candidates. Uh I believe you gotta blow Arizona up. I believe you gotta blow Arizona up. You gotta blow them up, dog. You gotta blow them up. You gotta blow Baltimore up. My next team, Baltimore. What do you do? What do you do in Baltimore? I think you gotta blow it up. I told Whitlock the other day, you gotta blow up Baltimore. I believe you have to blow up Baltimore. And um, and that might include Harbaugh, dog. I don't know if Harbaugh's in bed with the owner or not, but what I do know is you're going to have to blow Baltimore up because Baltimore is uh, in a very, very bad situation. They're in a bad spot. They're in a bad spot. And... Uh, from quarterback to receiver, um, they found maybe they found a running back. I don't know if he's a big time, 
big time every down back, but at least he's playing well. Uh, they have a lot of holes on defense. Their secondary is atrocious. Um, Peters, Peters looks so stiff and old out there. Uh, the Baltimore, you need to blow up. I think you need to blow them up. Uh, what does Washington do? All right, another team in turmoil. Another team in turmoil. You have a Carson Wentz-led team who's garbage. He's fucking unbelievably bad. All right, he's horrible. Um, he is absolutely atrocious. You have Ron Rivera, who may be losing the locker room. And then you have Taylor Heineke as your backup, who's an energetic guy. To me, he's like a, he's like a Drew Locke. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be on the sideline talking shit, rapping and shit, cool. But he ain't sustainable. He's not sustainable in the NFL. And Wayne Martindale wanted out because he knew they couldn't win there doing what they're doing. Just like... Just like, uh, you know, uh, Ozzie Newsom, in my opinion, I think Ozzie Newsom wanted out of Baltimore for the same reason. And I don't know, man. Wentz ain't the guy. He's out six weeks. I'm curious to see how many games Heineke can win. I think Heineke can go three and three in the six-game stretch. I think Heineke can go three and three in the six-game stretch. That's what I personally believe. Um. Well, Martindale, it was a kind of a mutual deal, Jeremiah. It was kind of a mutual thing. He was been there 15 years or whatever. So I think he was six as a DC. He was there nine other years uh, as a backer coach, uh, D line guy moving around. I think he wanted out. I think it was a it was an opportunity to to get out of there, and so uh, they mutually parted ways. That's what the NFL does. They don't ever really fire anybody besides a head coach. Assistants get mutually part ways that's kind of what they do but that is what it is because the assistants are recycled too so i mean you know uh you may say you may, you may hear it on the tv that it went down that way but at the bottom line the real the real shit is it's a mutual departure and uh wink wanted out wink's a good ass coach i'll tell you right now wink's one of the best defensive coaches in football i think him and zimmer uh I like Bowles as well. I think Bowles is really good. Uh, my man in Denver is actually really good. Uh, there's some great defensive coaches out there. That is why that is also the number one reason you struggle in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, because defensive coordinators will scheme you and you will be doing things that are uncomfortable. And if you're not getting comfortable being uncomfortable, you're fucked. So I'm just being honest. That is what we have. We have bad quarterback play in the playoffs. And then you see him in and out. You see him out of there. You see him out of there. One and done. Lamar, Kyler. Uh, Justin's yet to make it. But, you know, I'm just telling you. Because he won't make it. That's the problem. He won't make it. So, um, I don't know what Washington does. They got to go after a quarterback because they're figuring out right now. Wentz ain't the guy. Wentz is not the guy. So, just being honest, Wentz ain't the guy. What do the Raiders do? Very intriguing question. What do the Raiders do? Uh, wait till my interview with the Violator drops today. Great interview. A lot of your members are in there. Uh, wait till that drops publicly. 
it was a hell of an interview with him. He's a very intriguing character, man. Great dude, too. Lives right up the street for me. It's, it's ironic. Um, the Raiders got to get rid of Carr. Number one, got to get rid of Carr. I think you have to get rid of Carr. Um, I don't believe McDaniels is a head football coach in the NFL. A, I don't believe he's a head football coach. I just don't believe it. But you got to get rid of Carr, and and you got to get a quarterback in there that has an it factor. Coach, who's out there? It ain't Baker. It ain't Wentz. It ain't a recyclable job. I don't know who's out there. Uh, it ain't Jordan Love as a backup. It ain't it ain't Mason Rudolph as a backup. Um, there's nobody in the league right now other than a big-time player. Aaron Rodgers, I can see him coming back to the West Coast, finishing his career. See, I think Aaron Rodgers for the Niners makes the most sense. He's from that area. Um, so is Tom Brady, though, but, but I get it. Aaron Rodgers coming back to the West Coast, finishes his career with Raiders or 49ers. Makes a lot of sense to me. I think Trey Lance's experiment is over. I think the Niners got fucked on that deal. Um, I would have never did it. I would have never fucking did it. Um, so, just being honest, I would have never did that shit. Um, the Raiders are in a very curious situation, too. I think they have to blow it up. They got to get rid of Carr, though. Starts at the quarterback, dog, and, and and I've you've heard so many different things. The thing about Rodgers is, is he just going for the money at this point and saying, fuck it, I'm going to live life, I'm going to do all these different shits that he does, or is he going to say, I need another Super Bowl to cement my legacy and cement my Hall of Fame career as being a guy that's won multiple Super Bowls? He can't do it in Green Bay. Green Bay, there's no shot they win a Super Bowl. And I'm so fucking tired of seeing these people on social media and on ESPN and on the media saying that, yeah, Packers can absolutely still win a Super Bowl because they have Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers needs guys around him. The Packers team is not very fucking good. Or Structurally, that roster from top to bottom is a very bad roster in NFL's terms. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not very fucking good. The roster is not very good. So, and by the way, Hendon Hooker is not a fucking NFL quarterback. So let's start right now with that whole debate, okay? And I'm not, that's not a debate I'm going to get into. But I'm just telling you right now, he doesn't equate to the NFL. So contrary to your beliefs out there, Hendon Hooker does not. Hey, man, we're taking intern applications, so send it over to the CoachJBShow at gmail.com. We need a few interns, man, to grow this brand, grow this show. If you guys have any good skills, video editing, clipping video, graphics, thumbnail art, fucking YouTube experience, name it, chop it up, hit us up, and uh, we're going to be breaking some things down and talking to some folks. So uh, if you're interested, check us out. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think the Raiders can keep Carr. I don't think Arizona can keep Murray. I think they have gotten fucked. I think they're drowning in their sorrow. Bruce Helms, 
Send your resume to 999. Never fucking mind, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. I would love to have you as an intern, uh, Bruce Helms. I want you as an intern. I would love to motherfuck you every day. I would love it. Come on in. <laughs> I'm a Lamar hater, Shannon. You're right. I'm a Lamar hater, dog, because you know more than me. How's that Lamar working out for you, dog, since you love him so much? <laughs> I love Lamar, actually. I actually love the motherfucker character. I think he's a freaking nature athletically. I think he's a great kid. I know people that actually coach him, unlike you, but I'm a hater. I need to make a song, dog. Am I a hater or a truth teller? I'm, I should be a rhyme spitter. Am I a motherfucking hater or am I a motherfucking truth spitter? Because, dog, woo, the truth hurts, boy. The truth hurts. And me being unbothered bothers you motherfuckers. It's fucking comical to me. I love that shit. Makes my dick rock. All right, so the Raiders, I think, have to get rid of Carr. Um, have to blow him up. And uh, there's some more intriguing teams down the list here that I'm talking about, all right? Um, you got about 30 minutes before Chase joins us to talk all things 49ers and, and Eagles. I'm going to break some things down for him. Wido's going to ghost right for me and uh, get it cracking. I don't even know what a metalhead is, uh, Mike Green. Shit I, I, shit, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could tell you one fucking heavy metal song ever. I don't think I could tell you one. You know why he don't have weapons, Shannon Burke? Because nobody wants to fucking play with him, you fucking idiot. Can you fucking understand that he can't throw the football so receivers don't want to go there? How many times do I need to keep telling you dick-riding fucking fanboys? How many motherfucking times do I got to tell you he can't throw the ball from me to you? But you think wideouts are going to go there? I don't believe Dorian Thompson Robinson's an NFL guy either, bro. No. There's not a lot of NFL guys. Now, maybe you're an NFL guy. They might be your Justin Fields, Kyler Murray's. If that's what you think NFL guys are, then yeah, Dorian Robinson, Hendon Hooker, yeah, they're your NFL guys. They're not my NFL guys. They're not guys that are going to be winning. <laughs> so, yeah, nobody wants to talk about Hollywood Brown leaving the motherfucking Lamar Jackson, though. Oh, he left because he was a contract dispute. No, he wasn't, motherfucker. He was on, he wanted out. <laughs> motherfucker couldn't catch, he couldn't get the ball. And he had two 1,000 yard receiving years. You know why? Because he threw fucking RPO play action, 75 yard bombs. He had like eight a year. Well, that's almost 800 yards right there. <laughs> Shit. Guess what he did after that? When Lamar was stuck in the pocket, what Hollywood do? Not shit. That's why he demanded a trade and got the fuck out. But what does JB know? Um, if Russell Wilson continues to struggle, do they really eat this guy's money or do the trade talks begin in Denver? Curious. Yeah, Hollywood Brown, by the way, no. I've talked to several people that I know, not only my players, but coaches, and he has some of the worst hands in the NFL. <laughs> has some of the worst hands in the NFL. So let me just throw that out there. Um, 
The tight end's the leading receiver because he's the most prevalent to his face. He's the biggest body in his face. He's the closest body to me. He's attached to the O-line. I'm easy target for Lamar Jackson who can't read coverage. So, hey, dog, I've, been, I've shaved my head since seventh grade. I hated hair. I shaved my head since seventh grade. I was always the rebel. I was always the outcast. I always did shit that you don't like. <laughs> and I said, fuck it. I'm unbothered. It makes you bothered, motherfucker. If Russell Wilson continues to struggle, what do they do? I think they're going to eat the money. I think they got to pay him $100 million. And Russell Wilson, based on his performance and and being the, the, the commercial guy that he is now and booking him through his agent to talk to him and all these other things. Um, I got I to gotta break that down real quick, dog. I got to talk about this. Russell Wilson... If he really is making his players go through a booking agent to speak to him, either in the offseason or during the season, which is crazy if you're not in the office. Can you imagine the distinction in that locker room and the fucking straight up beef that you would have in the locker room if your star quarterback who makes $250 million won't take a fucking text or a phone call from his receivers or his O-line or... Anybody on his team? Can you imagine what this game is turning into? Is it really that deep? Is it really that serious? Are we that serious where we can't take a motherfucker's call? Come on, dog. You're killing me with that shit. And if that is really the truth, I feel sorry for him as a human, dog. I really do. Because you're in the game for the wrong reason. You're in the game for the wrong reason. And uh, I just don't see it. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. Um, I think Denver's fucked now, man. After I picked him to go to the fucking Super Bowl. I thought Russell Wilson was going to ball the fuck out. And he's had glimpses. He's shown glimpses of being good again. But he's showing this weirdo mentality that is absolutely atrocious. All right, let's get into some other teams. What does Cleveland do? If the league says, you know what, Deshaun, you're done. Cleveland, you are now on the fucking clock. If the league says, Deshaun Watson, you are done tomorrow. You have just too much shit going on. We can't take this black eye. You know that's what's going to happen, right? Cleveland is now on the clock, and you owe that motherfucker $250 million. <laughs> I think Cleveland will be the doormat of the NFL for over the next 10 years. The next 10 years, if the NFL don't allow him to play. I don't think he can play. I don't believe he can play. Um... If you guys are the NFL commissioners, do you let this motherfucker play? All right, I, I, I know half of you are going to say, well, there's no criminal charges, yep. And the other one's going to say, nope. He the, Through the ocular lens, it is a bad image. It is bad PR, and it is not marketable. Where are you? What side of the fence are you on? Do you let Deshaun play, 
And then once he does come back, let's say for shits and giggles, he comes back in week 14. Week 14, another broad comes out and files a suit. And then another one comes out. Like, what? When does it stop? How many women can keep coming out before you just say, you know what? Enough's enough, dog. You're done. I love when the people come in like chilling and they have all this insight. Sources. <laughs> I actually do have real sources. You you don't, but I, I love hearing your your takes. The Texans are trying to sabotage him. They're gonna they set him up, homie. They paid off 60 women to keep coming out and saying, let's go in this collusion and go against this man. <laughs> I love to hear it, but then I don't ever hear the reasoning. I, I love to hear the takes, these hot takes that you guys say. The Texans are setting him up. That's why they fired the GM the other day. Really? Why? Why are they setting him up? Nobody can answer me. Nobody can answer that. Nobody has a rationale why they're setting him up. Let me know, dog. Come on, at least have a backing for your fucking strong statements that the Houston Texans are out to fuck Deshaun Watson. So they woke up one day and said, hey, dog, today, the Illuminati said, let's go get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> because he didn't want to play in Houston. So we're going to go spend millions of dollars to pay off some hookers and massage therapists to come out and say, Hey, dog, we're going to set this motherfucker up. I'm going to give you millions of dollars, okay? Just keep coming out and just keep setting this dude up, all right? We're, we got about, I'm going to pay about 150 of you off. <laughs> you motherfuckers are more better conspiracy theorists than I am. He didn't want to play in Houston, and we're going to set him up. <laughs> you guys killed me, dog. But then you don't have any backing. Because he didn't want to play. That is your best educated fucking guess. As a, That's your best educated statement. No hacks. He didn't want to play in Houston. That is what you're going to die on the cross over. You're going to literally sell yourself on he didn't want to play in Houston. That's why they're setting him up. Oh, my fuck. Holy shit, dog. I don't have any quarterbacks I could break down. Black or white. That wanted out. Why didn't they get sabotaged? Why didn't they get set up? <laughs> oh, shit. Matt Monty. Okay, I just saw you're, you're mad at me. Uh, it says, bro, never reads my chat. I'm a member. What, what, where is your chat, dog? I don't see you. Um. I only see my dick riders, dog, because we're going to be members only soon anyway. So you're lucky. Being the members only, dog, you're a good dude for being there. I'm sorry I don't see 500 people's fucking every chat, homie. My bad that I don't see every single fucking comment in the chat. Holy fuck, dog. Does Pat McAfee read his chat? No. Does anyone else? No. But you know what? I'm a real one, motherfucker. I read mine. 
and I engage in my fucking audience, and I actually respond on Twitter unlike anyone else, too. So if you want to talk about me not reading the chat because you're a member, motherfucker, then don't be a member, homie. Motherfucker, you want me to get on my knees and suck dick? Motherfucker, please, homie. Keep fucking chatting or don't chat. I'm still sleeping tonight regardless, homie. God damn. Motherfucker, you want me to see every single chat. Some of you fuckers are unbelievably twisted in your mind, dog. Holy fuck. I also want you to pay me $1,000, motherfucker, because you're in my chat every morning. Can I get that? No. (laughs) God damn. Let me make sure I just stopped the show and I'm going to sit here like this. Oh, shit. There's the homie. I didn't fuck. I fucking, I fucking forgot, dog. God damn it. Uh, let's see. Matt Monty. Fuck, Matt Monty. I've been fucking you, homie. I did not read your chat today. My bad. God damn, homie. God damn. Some of you motherfuckers are unbelievable. Hey, homie, life keeps going, dog. Whether you're fucking with me or against me. I'm just going to keep it one on it. I keep going. You can keep going, too. <laughs> or you can roll the fuck on out. I still go to sleep tonight. Guaranteed to you. With a pistol and two pits, homie. I don't give a fuck what you do or say. At least I'm an equal opportunist asshole, homie. So, motherfucker, chill these nuts, motherfucker. Miss me with the bullshit. Oh, God, he don't read my tweets, my texts, and I'm a member. Motherfucker, there's 500 people talking, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. Oh, bitch-made-ass feelings get hurt in this motherfucker, dog. I can't stand a soft motherfucker, homie. You couldn't make it in my world, dog. Anytime, you could never make it in my world. If you crying and bitching over a chat, how the fuck could you live in my world, homie? Get the fuck out of here. Brian Martinez got blocked, and he got seven books from me. And he came back stronger than motherfucking ever. Shit. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Coach JB's tripping. Not really. I'm the same motherfucker. Member or not. (laughs) And if anybody in here knows me, they'll tell you that's the difference. Man, Roy Williams is doing a hell of a job with the dogs. I got a lot of pictures yesterday. Bonham and Bailey are fucking thriving over there. I can't be happier, man. My my soul, that's what allows me to fucking sleep at night. That allows me to sleep at night. Not this motherfucker in the chat telling me that I don't see his chat. (laughs) Holy fuck, homie. Hey, Monty, I appreciate you being a member too, dog. Clap it up. But I'm sorry I can't see your fucking chat every time. I would love to engage with you. I engage with everybody. Too bad your engagement now is getting motherfucked. Um, We got about... 15 minutes before our second guest joins us. Uh, What does Cleveland do? If Cleveland is on the clock tomorrow, if Deshaun Watson's told he cannot play anymore, and that is bottom line. So Kobe Brissett's not to fucking answer. We already know. So they are on the clock. They're going to have to draft a quarterback. Who do they go after? And then do they start to tank like everyone says? Do they start to do the tanking process? I don't know. I don't know if they do the tanking process or not. Uh, I don't believe in tanking. I don't believe players really will tank. I don't believe organizations tank. I know that the 
Miami Dolphins and Flores saying that uh, was shocking. Who knows? Maybe it does nowadays, dog. That's why we have math majors walking the sideline instead of fucking Rex Ryan and JBs. I don't know. I don't know. Um, trade for Fields? Who's going to trade for Fields? You want to replace Jacoby Brissett with J- Justin Fields. your motherfucking text Matt Monty you motherfucking dummy holy shit I'll never read another one motherfucker you might as well bow out now shit you gotta be shitting me the one that I do see cross my motherfucking face is you telling me that Cleveland should trade for Justin Fields is a real laugh homie i'm really laughing i'm not faking the laugh i am not faking the laugh i'm i'm being honest homie i am fucking really laughing at you (laughs) oh not with you either uh at you God damn, some of you motherfuckers make me laugh, dog. Holy shit. Let's get rid of Jacoby Brissett, who's an NFL quarterback, who's actually doing pretty fucking well, stays in the pocket, throws it on time, gets his receivers the ball. Mari Cooper's becoming relevant again because of Jacoby Brissett. Let's get Justin Fields in here, who can't hit me from the wall, and we'll go with him. Give him a chance. Fuck me. Why don't why don't you give Daniel Jones a chance, homie? Let me let me hear that. I'll wait. I'm waiting, dog. Clock's ticking. Why you don't give Daniel Jones a chance? Tell me the difference between Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. I'll wait. I'm curious. Let's break them down. Let's break down Daniel Jones versus Justin Fields. By the way, contrary to your belief, white, black, etc., Daniel Jones is as fast or faster than Justin Fields. Number one, you heard it right here first. I'm telling you because I know for a fact that he is. Okay? So athletically speaking, Daniel Jones is as athletic, if not more athletic, than Justin Fields. A... B, he is much more polished in the past game. He is just going through his fourth fucking coach. And he has zero wide receivers, zero offensive line. So if you want to say that about Justin Fields having no O-line and receivers, then why the fuck you don't mention Daniel Jones? Because you're not a real one. And only real ones say real shit. So you motherfuckers make it about color. You make it about right and left. You make it about red and blue. Bullshit. I don't give a fuck what color you are. I don't give a fuck what side of the political fence you're on. I call it what it is. Some of you can't handle that shit. So bottom line is 
Daniel Jones, at least Matt agrees, dog. See, that's what I like. See, that's how me and Eddie Manyweather started off. At least Eddie called it out. And if it was real, he said it was real. Matt Monty, you might be the next Eddie Manyweather, dog. You might be a real one. You might get motherfucked there here and there, but you know what? You stick it out because it's real show. This is real banter. You might like that shit. Kudos to you, Matt Monty. At least you know. Because real cats don't bring up real points on ESPN. They don't bring up the fact. Let's break down Daniel Jones and Justin Fields. What the fuck's the difference? You can't tell me that Justin Fields does anything better than Daniel Jones. Tell me one thing. Tell me one thing that he does better. Tell me one thing that he does better than Daniel Jones. I'll wait. Does nothing better. He does nothing better than Daniel Jones. I'm going to be honest. He don't do shit better than Daniel Jones. See, that's the difference, Shannon Burke. At least I wish you were a member. God damn. I, I like motherfucking you because you're not a member. Why do you continue to say I bash Lamar Jackson? Why do you say I bash Lamar Jackson? I'm being honest. I'm just asking a question, dog. Tell me why I bash him. I'm waiting. So what do I do to, to Baker Mayfield? What do you call that? What do you call that? What do I do to Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz? If I bash Lamar, what do you call me doing to Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz? Let me hear it. I'm waiting, dog. Let me hear it. I'm curious. I want to know, Shannon. I'm asking, Shannon. I'm, I'm, I'm having a real conversation. I love dis disagreeing. It, great, it creates great conversation. And this is a t and I'll, I'll spend a few minutes on talking to the chat for a minute, and I'll stop my show for you because I believe this is a real talk banter show. And I'm a real one. Unlike a lot of other folks out there, I engage and I do it on all platforms. Having said that, I need you to start showing me your resume, though. <laughs> I need you to have some fucking validation in what you say, homie. Because if you can't talk to me about it and prove to me and have a real conversation, then I'm not going to talk to you, motherfuckers. So go ahead and park, Shannon. You have to, If you have to park then you're already lost. <laughs> if you have to park to talk to me, you've already lost. Now, let me say this. Dog, we got 400 people in here. We can't get more likes than 90. Come on, guys. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. I appreciate you guys. You know, likes generate this algorithm on this YouTube shit. This is one. I want to get this show lifted up. All right, look. Let me ask you something. How do I bash Lamar? Then I I actually I absolutely fucking massacrate fucking Baker, Carson Wentz, um, Kyler Murray, I Justin Fields. If I am bashing Lamar, then I'm fucking demolishing those other guys. <laughs> like I'm curious. Jordan Sandberg Sunberg, I appreciate you. Eight dollars, a dollar ninety nine a month. Best dollar ninety nine a month. Uh, you can spend Chris Dill, man. You're always dropping money, dog. Chris Dill, I think you slinging dope, homie. You, you, you always breaking me off, brother. Kudos to you. Um, I'm curious. It's not bashing. It's the truth. Why am I bashing you when I show you that you should have threw the ball away on third down and not throw a fucking pick into the teeth of defense falling away and you're up three points? Why people don't want to talk about that on ESPN? 
Why has nobody shown the pick that he threw like I did and say, you do realize the Ravens were up three, right? You do realize the Ravens were up three points. They were up three points when he threw that pick. I see Taylor I see Taylor Heineke winning a football game. That is the energy, the renewed energy that I see Washington having. That is what it is. Uh, Brian Martinez said, does anyone in L.A. want to carpool to Costa Mesa? Appreciate you, Brian Martinez, a real one. Uh, I'm doing a book signing plus uh, launching our Slapdick Cigar uh, Saturday, 3 to 8 p.m. in Costa Mesa at High Times Wine and Spirits. It is a great place, a huge, huge liquor store and cigar lounge. It has a wine-eating cheese-eating, wine-tasting area, as well as the cheapest liquor in the state of California, plus the best cigar selection and the cheapest prices. So, plus, it is on, like, Bar Row in Newport Beach, so you can literally go to every bar on a in a walking distance, and uh, you can come whenever time. I'm there 3 to 8 Saturday, launching the cigar, plus, uh, not only are we launching the cigar, we are also, uh, you know, you can go bar hopping right afterwards. So it is a great location. Um, but come get you a slapstick cigar or two or a bundle, whatever it is for all my California natives. Come on down. I got cats from San Diego coming. I got cats from San Francisco coming down. So I appreciate everybody. I got cats from Arizona coming over just to get a, a picture and a book signing. So I appreciate you. And I'm just going to be real like I am right here. I'm not changing. I don't change. And that's who I am. So come check it out. Uh, Saturday, 3 to 8. PM, Costa Mesa, uh, high times. Join me right there um, for my cigar launch. It is a great Cuban stick, and uh, it'll be a great one. Come check it out. Um, Lamar Jackson ain't getting bashed by me. He just ain't very good. He just ain't very good. So it is what it is. You were a damn Juco coach. Stop it. What does that mean? I'm confused. Cody Dunn, you're a member too. I'm glad you're a member, boy. Please break it down. I got about three minutes. I want to hear this one. I want to hear Cody Dunn's explanation on why I'm a JUCO coach. Stop it. What does that mean? I'm curious. I can't wait to hear this one. I love the trolls and the fuck, even the paying trolls. (laughs) What in the, I don't know nothing, Hector. Shit. I don't know nothing. This Juco coach happens to have 28 playing in the NFL, 10 first rounders, uh, 260-plus Division I kids. Uh, I don't know shit. I don't know nothing. I don't know what that means, but uh, curious to know what that means. Um, But anyway, no more time for the dick riding trolls. I got to get moving on here. Lucy, he's not going to show his resume. His resume is $1.99 a month. <laughs> By the way, I can coach anybody anywhere. You can go ask Nick Saban if you want. You could go ask Sark. You could ask D1 coaches that send D1 coaches to me to clinic. But what do I know? Um, uh, let's get into uh, my main man, man, Chase Sr. Let me, let me bring him in in a second. He's right here. I'm going to pull up his... Uh, 
His banner will be ticking across the bottom if you don't know who he is. Uh, Mac, do we have that um, that video? Um, I'm gonna. I got a video about. I got a video that Chase uh, has done, and I just have to show you guys. It is a great one, and um, you have to see it to understand what he does on a daily basis. And uh, I want to make an announcement real quick. Um, I'm going to put his ticker on the bottom right there. Work Boot Wednesdays today. Senior chat sports NFL analyst and beer boot chugger extraordinaire. Chase Sr. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Chase, I appreciate you, man. Coach JB, always good to link up with you, man. It's awesome to be able to develop this friendship over the last couple of months, man. I appreciate how you keep it real, and I'm looking forward to hopping on every single Wednesday to keep it real and talk some NFL. Hey, man, that's the that's the announcement I wanted to make. Uh, Chase will be joining us every Wednesday as a regular guest segment. Uh, so I appreciate him doing this through the football season. Chase, man, I got uh, your so you you chug beer out of boots, dog, or out of Nike Jordans. I don't know what it was. I saw this picture the other day or this video. So explain what you do. So everyone knows I, I got some people in the audience saying they're here for you, by the way. So shout out to them. That's uh, awesome. What do you do? You're you're in a different niche. I, I think you have a, a very uh, interesting like space on what you're doing there with Chat Sports. What kind of give me give give me your uh, rundown as far as what you guys do? I know it's like a live streaming type of deal, right? Yeah, so we do a couple of live shows per week. We also specialize in doing watch parties during NFL Sundays because a lot of people aren't able to watch these games depending on where they are in the world because we have a worldwide audience also in America as well. But sometimes people will just pull up our live streams and then they'll watch the game on the TV but then listen to us. So what we like to do is really pride ourselves with having and relaying informative, entertaining analysis. And as part of that, we've really specialized this Super Chat menu that we've come up with. So we're down always to have a lot of fun, interact with the with the homies and then also drink some beers and stuff. So, for instance, if people send in like a $50 super chat, I'll shotgun a beer. If we reach certain thresholds, then I'll do like a shoe beer and drink a beer out of a shoe. We just like to keep it fresh, keep it fun, but also give everybody that real football talk and just pass along our insight on the game. And that's really why we've been able to grow. I'd say chat sports is kind of hybrid between ESPN with the straightforward analysis and then having fun with people kind of like Barstool. What's your YouTube? So I host the 49ers report. So if you search the 49ers report, I'm on there. And then Philadelphia Eagles now as well. And then we're all over chat sports to doing college football, NBA, NFL, and really anything that is pertinent. Got you. Got you. Um, I got a video I want to show, man, real quick for the audience. Uh, we have like 400 people in here. Hit the bow, hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Make sure you follow the ticker. Uh, let's show the video. I want to show this video so you guys know. goes down again? Brandon Graham, BG, takes down Wentz on third down. It's the fourth sack of the game in the first quarter for Philadelphia. Wentz takes the snap. Fake handoff. Going to step up. He gets pressured again. He fumbles the football. Ball out. Let's Eagles go. recover. Carson Wentz fumbles. Eagles Woo! football. Let's go. Hey, that has to be. How do you get motivated to do that without showing the actual video? So you can't show the film. Just like I, I, I actually have a, a, a. So this is a great thing about this now. Uh, once I start uploading new NFL film, I, I actually got a copyright deal lifted by YouTube. I can show NFL film on my show now. I got it. I got it approved through the 
through some uh it's all who you know brother you know that exactly right so i got a few things done and i can show film through dv sport which is my video editing thing once i get some new film i got a lot of in there but it's older so i'm gonna put some new stuff in there so how do you motivate yourself to do that and have that energy when you can't really show the video because of this whole copyright shit yeah, the copyright stuff kind of sucks, but honestly, it works well for us because we're able to really increase our audience and increase our reach because a lot of people who are looking for the game or just looking for the best game day atmosphere outside of being at the game, they tune into us. So I'm in one of our studios right now. I see you down here and myself, but then I have a big screen TV right here. So I'm able to watch the game and break everything down and give people play-by-play -play analysis, break down some all 22 during the game as well and I'm able to see it here and just kind of relay what's going on. But the other people who are watching us, and it can reach thousands and thousands of people, they have the game up as well, but then they're listening to me kind of do the play-by-play -play or anybody else who's live here at Chat Sports. So it's actually pretty awesome because I did play-by-play -play at Temple University. I've done play-by-play -play professionally, so I'm pretty well-versed in doing that. But when you see that many people watching and then people super chatting as we get like thousands of dollars sometimes, and yeah, sometimes it drinks get flown we're feeling pretty good it's just an all-around party so we put the party and watch party that's not that's sweet i'm gonna have to steal your fucking mojo uh, <laughs> uh, you would fit in well here jb you would uh, fit in well here hey man if they paying fucking hit me up <laughs> uh, i got you uh, hey man so let me ask some i i, I want to ask you a few things um dead or alive segment i want to ask you uh I want to get into a few teams. Are, are the Broncos dead or alive? I think they're dead. I'm worrying about the culture. I'm worried about Russell Wilson. He had the arm issue going into this past week on Monday Night Football. Now he has the hamstring issue. And I was listening to you earlier talking with Matt McChesney, who has been a great guest for you. Sounds like a great dude. I'd love to meet him sometime and chop it up. But he made a good point in saying that Russell Wilson is just trying too hard. In the press conference, he's trying too hard. The fact that after they had an abysmal offensive performance against the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday Night Football two weeks ago, and he ends his press conference with saying, Broncos country, let's ride. Like, that is just so corny. And you know with coaching a locker room and being in a locker room during your playing days, that shit just doesn't fly. And it's corny to everybody else out there. And then you look at the body language of everybody on the sideline. Jerry, Judy, and KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon are like, we thought that we had Super Bowl aspirations, and this offense is terrible. And I think a lot of it has to do with the coach, but we're having a legitimate conversation here about whether or not Russell Wilson is cooked. And as any superstar athlete at the quarterback spot had as far as a drop-off as Russell Wilson from his play to his image to where it was to where it is right now. I mean, last year was the first time in his career, JB, that he finished a season with a below 500 record and didn't have a winning season. And now everybody's piling on him. He tweeted out yesterday, like, we can only go up from here. Really, dude? Just play better, coach better, execute better, and stop trying so hard. I think it's just brutal to watch right now. It's unraveling. It is. It is. How, how much you put on this? Uh, I, I did a segment yesterday, man. I don't know how, what your take is. It's interesting. I haven't got to talk to Matt about it, but I came up with this just sitting outside, drinking some yak, smoking my stick, and uh, wish you're in California, man. I'm doing my launch party this weekend for my cigar. Uh, I wish I could go. I got to get I one know. of those sticks. Be fun. Uh, I came up with this thing just thinking I'm sitting there damn like I'm looking at these guys walk around the sideline now. The guys that are pacing the sideline in the NFL are math majors. 
there's there's no more JBs, Rex Ryan's, Bill Cowers. There's no Gruden, Chucky faces. There's no one putting any fear of God in anybody anymore. The grandfathered in guys, you have Belichick left, you have Tomlin, you have Andy Reid, you have you know, if you want to call Peterson one, uh, if you want to, he's back now. Reich, uh, he hasn't won anything, but he 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 had that lore as a player. Uh, like, are we in the era of just analytics and no common sense and nobody pacing the sideline that really puts the fear of God in these kids anymore? And these kids are now you're seeing an all-time high hierarchy being lost disciplines out the door and now we have the robbie anderson's of the world the ab's because bruce arian's no longer in the league like just it seems like cats are going year to year getting out of this thing because i think it's getting overran by a overpaid product who underperforms the player yeah we were having this conversation inside the chat sports offices yesterday the quality of football this year is not good across the NFL, especially in some of these primetime games. Now, the epic nature of football is always going to be there, and that's why the NFL dominates the sports landscape in America because there are a bunch of fascinating storylines and great players out there. But the overall quality of play and then, like you said, coaching, I think is as bad as it's been in a little while. And this is coming from a millennial to work off your other point. I think we're just way too soft as a society. We are enabling all of these people. And for me, for you, you know, we grow up with a little bit of adversity and those times might be tough in the current moment, but it does shape us into being the people who we are. But I think why you and I get along is because we keep it real. We keep it 100. Whereas other people out there, they're just way too soft, way too sensitive, and they're all enabled. And I think when you get to the coaching aspect of it too, these coaches are really intimidated and scared to put their foot down and there of course has to be a balance but also nowadays in today's society we go way overboard on one side without compensating and kind of meeting in the middle I think the best way to go about it is what Nick Sirianni is doing with the Philadelphia Eagles that dude gets fired up on the sideline that dude was cursing out Robert Sala in the preseason he said F you Dallas that's effing game the other night on Sunday night football but he also knows how to measure himself and keep it real and get pissed off and get into a player's face, but also establish a really good culture in the locker room. But a guy like Brandon Staley, who just continues to go for it by just leaning on the analytics, there has to be a balance there as well. Like if you're running a business out there and you have access to statistics, access to data that will help you be a better business, of course, you're going to analyze that data if it means that your business is going to be more successful. But you're not going to go all in on all of those trends because it might buck what is actually doing well for you in other areas as well. So there has to be some semblance of balance here and kind of a mixing and matching. And right now, I just don't think there's a lot of that in the NFL in all those regards. Yeah, I like Dable in New York. I said that the Giants were going to do good. I said that he's going to be coach, the coach of the year. Uh, I, I like how he motherfucks you, and then he can come back and retry. That's all I've ever done. I mean, I've never seen a kid talk bad about Dable. I've never seen nobody talk bad about Sala. I got players in the in the Jets organization right now who rave who rave about Sala and the structure in the locker room and how tightly knitted they are. So, so he's a guy that's getting through to him. Um, like you said, he's balancing the millennials out with his generation and kind of playing the game 
I don't know how many coaches we have in the, in this era, and I think it's trending towards the math major and less uh, tyrant, uh, if you want to call me the tyrant. Uh, I don't know. I, I wish we had more Rex Ryans and shit, but we, we just don't. Uh, I agree with you. I, I picked the Broncos to play the Colts in the AFC title game. I just, I'll, I'll eat crow at the end of the day, but I'm not going to renege either. I, the, the Broncos defense travels, and I've never seen a, te- a defense be this good and they lose week in and week out because they can score 13 points a game. Like, I, I don't understand how bad their offense is. And I, I'm stuck on the Denver he- deal here. How much do you put on this coach, though, just because supposedly Coach Aaron Rodgers, he gets a job. The same with this Mike, Dan- this kid in Miami. Uh, he coached what? With Shanahan, he gets a job. You got, you got McDaniels, Coach Tom Brady, gets a job. But they're not head coaches, and I don't understand why this administration in the NFL just continues to recycle, hire guys because they think they coached someone when they really didn't. Um, do you put it on anything on this 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 Hackett cat who who just looks like he's just way over his head? I've said this a couple of times. I was live on the 49ers report when the Broncos beat the San Francisco 49ers. And you had just said, like, the Broncos defense is so good. The offense is anemic. It's kind of the problem with San Francisco right now. Their offense is really average, but their defense could be all time. When you're a head coach, you have to be the CEO. And you have to have CEO qualities. Does Nathaniel Hackett have any CEO qualities? Does he have any type of swagger as a leader? Does he have any type of leadership qualities? He looks kind of soft in my opinion. And what's funny, Aaron Rodgers was asked about Nathaniel Hackett back a couple of months ago. And he was like, yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett. We'd have a good time playing darts from time to time. He didn't say anything about his football intellect, his football IQ, or his football knowledge. And his coaching, the lack of organization, the lack of consistency offensively, I thought when they had that opening script against the Chargers on Monday, the offense looked good. Russell Wilson made a couple of plays. But to me, elite coaches are able to adapt outside of the script as the game flow progresses and as defenses throw different things towards you offensively. And I didn't see any adjustments made for the Denver Broncos. And I think right now they're regretting the fact that they didn't hire Dan Quinn who I think has some of those qualities that you and I like. He'll motherfuck you if he needs to, but also he's a really good dude, and the players really respect him. You've seen how the Cowboys' defense has responded around him, whereas Nathaniel Hackett, to me, he's a hack. Hey, I, I, they, didn't even, they didn't even interview Brian Dable. Which is a crime, because this is a guy, Brian Dable, who came up under Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. And he has everything that I want in a head coach. He can relate to the players. He's also very intense. And it is drastic to see the difference from the New York Giants the last several years under the fraud that is Joe Judge to how buttoned up they are with Brian Dable. And the roster is pretty much the same, JB. They didn't make any monumental changes on that team. And I think Daniel Jones is an average quarterback. But with Brian Dable, with what he did with Josh Allen, now with what he's doing with Daniel Jones, good coaches maximize their individual players' skill sets. And that's what he's doing right now. And, and this is the thing I've heard from from a few buddies of mine that are that are uh, know Dable well, and that I got a buddy coaching there. They said that he knew that Russell Wilson was going there, and he wanted no part. So that's a that's a rumor out there too. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, because 
if Russell Wilson really has his receivers and running backs going through a publicist to get in touch with him during the season, like Marshawn Lynch came out and said, what do you think he is with coaches? Like, he's probably not a very coachable dude. So, I don't know. Interesting. All right. uh, Dead or alive? Colts. I think they're alive. I like Frank Reich. I think he's done a really good job in Indianapolis considering all of the turnover at that quarterback position. You know, I thought that the offense played pretty well with a washed Phillip Rivers. Shoot, Carson Wentz looked a lot better last year with Indianapolis than he does this year with the Washington Commanders, and I think that comes down to coaching. When Frank Reich was with Philadelphia, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate in 2017 before he shredded his knee, and then the offense was able to win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback in Nick Foles. So I think Indy is alive. They have to get... Uh, Shaq Leonard back and healthy. The defense is really good. They're good in the trenches, which which is what I think is a backbone for a really good team. And Matt Ryan went crazy. I think it just took him a little time to kind of master the nuances and the complexities of that offense. Like I said, I thought he would do. I'm finally seeing it. I saw it a little bit against Kansas City. I, I saw it last week. I think that's the guy that can win in the NFL. I just don't know what's been going on. And Taylor has just been non-existent. I think he's hurt. I think something's going on, and he's hurt there. Um, and I don't know if 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 it's being said because he's getting nine touches a game when he does play, and then he hasn't played, and then they ball out. They give the guy way more carries than Taylor was getting, and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? So something tells me there's more to it. Uh, fakers or takers? Or, or fakers or players, I guess. The Patriots, are they for real now? And is Zappy the guy, or do you go back to Mac Jones? We have a couple of Patriots fans inside the office here. They're really excited about the Bailey Zappi era. And look, it's easy to box score hunt and look at what Bailey Zappi has been able to do. It's another when you actually watch what he's been able to do and break down the film. And what I see from Bailey Zappi, he's throwing with accuracy. He's throwing with anticipation. He does have a good pocket feel and pocket mobility. Those are all signs of a good quarterback. And I think New England has a legitimate quarterback controversy because this offense with Mac Jones wasn't moving the football. They were very inconsistent. Last couple of weeks with Bailey Zappi, They've actually looked like a pretty good unit somehow with Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator, which was dumbfounding at the time with what Bill Belichick did with making that decision. But Bailey Zappi, you got to give the New England Patriots credit. They put him in a good position to succeed with Bill. They always play complimentary football. You know the defense is always going to bring it. I'm excited to continue to watch Bailey Zappi. I want to see him get a couple of more starts to see how he counters some of the adjustments that opposing defensive coordinators make. But JB, interested to hear your thoughts on Zappi because I think he does some really quality things from that quarterback position that you just can't necessarily teach all the time. Yeah, I think he's got a higher ceiling than Mac, man. I've said I like Mac Jones. I think he has that poise he's got that it factor but at the end of the day i don't know if he's nfl t- skill set wise talented enough um because that roster in new england's not a not a roster that is just overblown with outside talent uh they don't have an incredible run game their o-line's average i don't they're not like this team that just surrounded him with all this talent and he can be a more of a stiff than Tom Brady was when he was a rookie. I don't see that. Zappy comes out. He's got a lot liver arm. Uh, looks like he's a bigger, stronger specimen a little bit as far as body type. Like he's ready for the 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 longevity of this thing. And by by saying that is man, taking the hits, taking the beating, being able to be there every single day. 
And Mac Jones, as we know, he took a lot of heat in the draft for looking how he does body wise. But that Tom Brady's also looks horrible. Tom Brady doesn't have a six pack. You don't no. need to to play quarterback. In quarterback, you don't. And that's my whole thing with Lamar Jackson. Like he gained thirty pounds of muscle. Yeah. So fucking what? I wouldn't have gained no muscle because what was he a running back or a linebacker or what? Like what? By the way, when you add muscle all here and here, it actually restrains you from throwing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I like the Zappy kid. I saw him a little bit in college. I know he broke a shitload of records. He played at a mid-major, obviously. But uh, you know, it's curious. I'm curious to see how this thing unfolds. Is it another Brady Bledsoe situation? Uh, I don't know, but I do think it's intriguing. I think they do have an issue there, and I don't know if they just keep Mac out and just like kind of like the Cooper Rush thing. Uh, I'm I'm one of the ones on the outside thinking that. Dallas Cowboys are better with Cooper Rush than Dak. I think Dak's the better talent, of course, uh, but I know they're going to play him because he, he's, he's paid. Um, but I don't know if they're a better team with Dak. I, I think they're going to be a let. I think through four games, Dak Prescott will have a worse record than Cooper Rush did through his four games. 4-0 is really surprising with Cooper Rush at the helm. Now, I thought that the Philadelphia Eagles kind of disguised some things with some blitz packages, dropping guys back, and that's why Cooper Rush threw three picks the other night. Philadelphia is also forced the opposition to turn the football football over a shit ton of times, which is a winning formula. But yeah, I think Dak is obviously the better quarterback. I just think the game plan's been a little bit better with Cooper Rush as compared to Dak. And they know that Cooper Rush is somewhat limited, but with Dak, they're like, well, we're paying him all this money. We have to have him drop back and throw. Whereas if you look back at the ingredients of success for Dallas, when Dak first came into the league, they had a great offensive line, the best in the NFL. They relied on that run game, and then they kind of passed it second. But now that they're paying Dak, they're trying to pass first, and I think that's a mistake. Man, I, I hear you, and I hear some people in the chat. They're talking about if the Cowboys would just run the offense the same with Rush as they did with Dak. That's what here's I just the said. thing yeah. I have. Here's, here's the issue I have with that. I don't think they can, and I don't think he is willing to do it, and that is the di difference Coming from a coach who sees things through the ocular lens and understands, okay, I know what's going on on that sideline without being there because I've been there and done that. Uh, I don't think Dak is willing to take the same coaching, and I don't believe Dak is willing to do the same things because he is a risk taker, which makes him an injured injury away from not being available, which is another reason I like Cooper Rush. He's available. He climbs a pocket, throws the ball away. He has – he is the epitome of the, and the definition of what a quarterback should do. Live to play another down. Dak does not live that way, and he puts his team, in my opinion, who's front-loaded on roster, I don't believe they have the depth to be sustainable as far as being a Super Bowl contender. I think they have a lot of holes, just like the Ravens, the Rams. There's a lot of teams with front-loaded roster talent, but then don't have any depth. I believe the Bills have the most depth uh, with the Bucks, but I think the Bucks have a – Big time issue going on right now uh, from the head coach on down. That's a whole nother ball game. I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys have the roster to to afford Dak to make all these uh, improvisational uh, decisions because Cooper Rush is a lot better off being that stale, opie, redheaded looking kid that just ain't gonna <laughs> fuck up. He ain't gonna turn the ball over. Now, yeah, he threw two picks the other night. So guess what? We're gonna bash him now. I think Dak Prescott would have done the same or worse against that Eagles defense. Transitioning to the Eagles, you know a lot about them. I believe the Eagles are the best team in football. I believe they have a top three defense, and I believe Dak Prescott or whoever else would have struggled in that game the other night. I don't put that all on Cooper Rush. Um, 
How are you feeling about your Eagles, and are they uh, the real deal? I think they're the real deal for a couple of reasons. They force a lot of turnovers. They have forced the same amount of turnovers as they've given up scoring drives. They are also a very well-coached football team because they don't commit costly penalties. They run the most RPOs in the NFL with Jalen Hurts, but they run them very well. And then if you look at it from a team-building perspective, they're really good in the trenches. Best offensive line in football, in my opinion, and their defensive line is really good. Their secondary in a pass-happy NFL, I think, is the best in the league with Darius Lay, who I think is playing the best out of any corner in the NFL. James Bradbury was kind of disrespected, let go by the Giants. He signs with the Birds one year at 10 mil. I think he could get cornerback number one money going into free agency this year. They had this guy, CJ Gardner Johnson who they traded for from the New Orleans Saints. And going into this year, he had played more than a 1,000 snaps at nickel and only a handful of snaps at safety. But now that he's started to master safety, he's got really good ball skills. And I just love how they play the game of football in a physical way, but they can also air it out because Jalen Hurts, look, let's give him credit. He's taken the necessary steps forward as a passer. He's more accurate now. He's cleaned up the mechanics. The footwork needs a little bit of tinkering, but it's a lot better than it's been. That trade for A.J. Brown has changed the entire offense because now you have him, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Miles Sanders is having a career year. So when I look at them, they really don't have a weakness. You had mentioned the Bills and the Bucks as having really good depth. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have some of the most depth in the NFL, and that's a credit to Howie Roseman and how he's built that team. And Nick Sirianni just has them humming. Um, a sign of a good team as well is when you don't grow complacent, when you're always trying to improve. And that's a special aspect of the Eagles right now. They might be 6-0 going into the bye. They're not satisfied with that, though. Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of the bye. I think they have an opportunity to really stack some more wins and continue to improve on that playoff position and get that number one seed. And when an opposition has to come into Philadelphia during the playoffs, it's a really raucous atmosphere. I, I still, I still, my only issue is I'm not sold on Jalen. I love that he professional. He was a utmost professional uh, at his craft i think he got better he came out here to california got with a couple guys i know changes the entire platform his mechanics i believe everything has gotten better i wish lamar would do it he he has totally transformed from what he was year one to now and i think kudos to him but they still throw seven hitches a game and screen balls a game and i'm still wanting to see him throw into the teeth of the defense i just know in this business as you see lamar struggling second halves of football games Defenses are going to pin you up, make you uncomfortable, do things that they're that that you haven't seen all year in the preseason or or in the regular season. And then I want to see him still. I want to see him get in there and throw the football on time, anticipatory throws into second and third windows on inside dig routes, post. I haven't seen him really sit there and do those things that the Rodgers and the Brady's and the Matt Ryan's and even you know the Allens do. I haven't seen him do that yet. Herbert does. Um, and that's the only knock I have on the Eagles. I just want to know, if is he this guy? Is he this consistent to take them to a, a deep playoff run? Um, I just don't know if I'm ready to say he is yet. I mean, it's, it takes a lot in the NFL to just go from being very, very porous. And this is how I judge quarterbacks too, Chase. Touchdowns to interception ratio. He's not having a great year. No. Yeah, he's never been a huge touchdown interception ratio guy. 
Also not a great completion percentage guy, but he's improved on that dramatically. I do think when the playoffs come around, as you get into the teeth of the season, if defenses start to drop more guys back in coverage, that's really going to test him. But the thing that he has to his advantage there is when he sees that, he can also run, and he's a pretty dynamic runner, just has to stay healthy to do so. Nah, no doubt. But, you know, like I said, NFL starts to do things. They'll spy you. They'll they'll start spying you like they did Lamar the other day with his former D coordinator, Martin Dell, playing against him the other day and, and just stymied Lamar in the second half. He's been stymied every second half this season. But um, going – let me – I got a chat question for you uh, from a, a guy that – Sean Waffley's in the Kansas City area. He wants to know um, – your scouting process, like what do you know what the scouting process was on Jordan uh, Mayalota back in 18 when the Eagles took a seventh round flyer on him? I guess he's a left tackle. Uh, yeah. kid, I guess he was a kid that played uh, rugby or something. Yeah, it's honestly one of the more fascinating player development stories that I've ever seen. So the Eagles somehow find Jordan Mayalota. They see this tape of him in Australia playing rugby. It's like 6'6 at the time, probably like 250, 280. And somehow they take a flyer on him late in the draft and they project him to be this tackle. And the Eagles do have probably the best offensive line coach in the NFL and Jeff Stoutland now that um, Dante Scarnecchia is gone with the New England Patriots. He develops the shit out of offensive line. And that's what he's been able to do with Mylotta. Now, Mylotta has added a lot of weight. But last year, he earned himself the bag, and he's one of the highest paid left tackles in the league. But they see this crazy athlete in Australia just running over cats, and they see him at that stature and at that size, and they're like, man, he could be a really good tackle at some point if we get him into our player development program with Jeff Stoutland. And that's exactly what's happened. And he's ended up being one of the best left tackles in the game. This dude is an athletic freak. And it's a credit to him for the diligent work ethic that he's put in to improve because he was so raw and had never played football before. And now he's just mauling cats out there. Yeah, that's a hell of a story. I didn't know nothing about it. Um, I know rugby. There's a lot of rugby guys that get overlooked, though. And, and a lot of guys aren't willing to come over here to the States and play football. They're so stuck on rugby and love that. Outside that, of punter. or uh, Yeah, outside of punters yeah, who play Aussie yeah. rules football. Yeah. No doubt. Um, let me ask you this. Are the Bucks players or fakers? Because I'm, I'm – I'm curious, man, because uh, I said it before on my show. I think the Bucs were going to hit a wall this year, which they're starting to do. I think Bruce Arians is the single reason why. I, I don't think Bowles is a guy to challenge Brady like Arians would. Uh, I think that is critical, even though he's a seven-time champ. And you still have to challenge guys because the roster sees it. And Bowles, I think he's still in defensive coordinator mode. And I don't believe he's a head coach. I think he's struggling at it. And I don't think – I think you have to – put away your defensive cape and say, all right, I'm the head coach and manager now. And I've never seen him even go over to him. And uh, now that he's doing the things that we're seeing with the whole turmoil in his personal life, and then he misses a walkthrough, is it overblown? Maybe, but it's sure affecting something. And they just look horrible versus Pittsburgh, uh, a team you should not lose to uh, right now in this state with a quarterback that's a rookie and a, and a Trubisky, even if he's the guy. Um are they players or are they fakers right now? Because I like the Falcons, and the Falcons are a bullshit tackle away, a call away from beating them as well and having a, a two-game lead. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, so we were talking earlier about how the, the quality of football 
is as bad as it's been in a little while. What's crazy about the NFC, and this is why people love football, is the level of parity, right? Because there are only a couple of teams in the NFC who are above 500. It's the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Minnesota Vikings, three of those in the NFC East. And I'm not going to rule out the New England, uh, the excuse me, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they have the GOAT. Um, but that offensive line, they've suffered so many injuries, and it all started prior to the year. Those injuries have continued to stack up. But look, you have Mike Evans, you have Chris Godwin, you have some really good skill position players. You do have the GOAT. That defense still does have some studs. But it is weird how Tom Brady was at Robert Kraft's wedding on a Friday because he would never do that with the New England Patriots. Like, he would never do that. And look, human nature comes into play. When you are dealing with a, a, a divorce that is in the national news headlines, look, you can deal with some things – uh, and distractions that come about when you're a football player. It's a different when it hits your personal life, when you have like a worldwide known relationship. So maybe Tom Brady is suffering from that a little bit from an arm strength perspective, accuracy. I think he's been playing pretty well, but I think there are just a lot of distractions with Tampa Bay. And I do think that they're missing kind of that punch that Bruce Arians gave them. Yeah. Coaching is overrated. Uh, chilling, by the way, I always say coaching overrated players win games, coaches lose it. But you also have to have the guys run through a wall for you. And he's lacking in that department. If guys ain't going to run through a wall to, for you, you're, you're not the guy out there fucking making the plays. You're, yeah. you're not affecting it. You're just trying to get them to get from point A to point B. That is what coaches are supposed to do. Uh, they're lacking in that regard. I see a lot of that lacking in this in this NFL thing. I see it all over college, but NFL is bad. Um, where does uh, McCaffrey end up? Does he end up in, Buff in, in, in Buffalo? Does he end up in Tampa? Can you see him in Kansas City? And can you also can you 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 see him in Denver now with apparently rumors out there that Melvin Gordon is demanding a trade? Yeah, you had reported that yesterday, right? That Gordon wants out. Yeah, I got a text, man, and I'm like, oh shit. So I have it's kind of quieted, but I'm hearing that's a real thing. I'm curious to see what happens. And then Liv Moods, who my my fan dual calling coward betting. Uh, extraordinaire comes on here on Tuesday. She also saw some things he was liking on Twitter right. that were kind of backing my text up. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see. He's a cancer and a shitbird anyway. I don't know why they would have brought him in there. Uh, Matt McChesney said the same thing, um, especially with this beta male fucking uh, Russell Wilson at the helm. I don't know how that works, but I've heard Cam Akers straight up for Melvin Gordon. He's another shitbird that wants out who thinks he knows more than the guy that won the Super Bowl last year. It's just a, a crazy how anointing we are and enabled we are um, and unappreciative we are for what role we have in life. But Cam Akers, I'd love to see him get out of the, get his ass out, um, but I don't want Melvin Gordon in replacement. So no. I don't know who's the best fit for McCaffrey and – I don't know if Melvin Gordon or Cam Akers enters the discussion for a McCaffrey. Um, do you see where he goes? And what is your thought? Yeah, so the odds right now, Bills four to one, Dolphins five to one, Rams six to one, Patriots eight to one, and the Niners nine to one. Out of all of those destinations in terms of scheme fit and him helping that offense, I think the Bills are number one. I love everything about the Bills. Defensive studs, offensive studs. I think that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. Honestly, I might take him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I just think he has stupid ability. The downfall of the Bills the last couple of years and this year, their inability to put teams away on the ground. And that's what the Eagles do really, really well, by the way. 
Two weeks in a row, the Eagles, they've needed to salt the game away, dot the exclamation point. They ran it right down your throat. And that's the playoff formula to win deep into January and February. That's what the Bills can't do. You can't always win in a shootout when it's January bad weather. So you bring in McCaffrey, I think he changes the entire complexion of that offense. So I'd like to see him go there. Um, Dolphins, I'm not sold on Tua Tungabaloa yet, so I'm not sure how much he'd help. McCaffrey and Shanahan's scheme, I think, would be fascinating. That's an offense that already has Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, but they've been average to below average in almost every major offensive category outside of running the football. You bring in a guy like that who can run it, but also catch it out of the backfield on a wheel route, swing route, also line up in the slot. That'd be great, but they gave up first-round picks for Trey Lance, and they don't have maybe the draft assets to give up for McCaffrey. So I'd say the Bills, just because I like their general manager and Brandon Bean, they're really aggressive, and they realize this Super Bowl window is right now. They just beat KC and got over that mental hurdle. So I think that's the move that they should make to really solidify themselves as the AFC favorites. Hey, you know, it wouldn't be a great show without disagreement, so I don't agree with shit you just said. Uh, all right, that's all right. Uh, uh, I don't think they got over the mental hurdle by beating Kansas City in the regular season because they did it last year. They have to get over it by beating him in the playoffs. Josh Allen has yet to prove to me that he can do it. Uh, number one, I don't believe the Bills call an offense for McCaffrey to succeed. I don't think they want to run the fucking football. The last two weeks, they've let Singletary finally get some carries, and their offense looks way more dynamic and balanced. And before, when they lost and they... They were struggling a little bit. They Allen threw the ball 62 times one day. He throws the ball 59 times. I'm like, dog, you got to run the football in this business to balance it out, or this guy's going to get hurt. And McCaffrey, A, being a bleeder, I like to call him, I think he's an injury away from being done. B, an offense that don't want to really run the football. They'd rather run the football with Josh Allen. And C, um, I don't know if McCaffrey fits Buffalo late in the season because of the weather dynamic and his ass being so fucking brittle. I think the snow will crack his ass. I think he's got to come on the West Coast. And I think he he fits the best with the Rams because the Rams are waiting for a fucker to come get hurt anyway. And B, uh, I think they have a, a running back and a receiver away from being another formable opponent to the Eagles in the NFC without another receiver and without another running back. I don't think the Rams do shit and they're banged up on O-line so bad, but I believe McCaffrey fits that offensive scheme a lot better. The 49ers scheme. I think Shanahan runs a football way too much. I think he'll get banged up. So I actually think the best fit for him is, 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 is Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, I just, that's my personal opinion because Fournette's the guy that runs inside you get this guy to go outside. You can also throw him the football. They can't throw the football to Fournette as much as they do and expect him to be their inside banging back. Like, to me, there's a contra there's a, a little bit of a, a, a hypocrisy there. I think they need a guy that's a slash back that can come in on third down and Fournette can bang you first and second. They can still run play action with Fournette being the big back. The backers are going to stuck to, sick to. And then McCaffrey comes in and it changes your dynamic. Because they don't have that tight end, and now they got Braid or whatever his name is out. It looks like he's got some other issues that we don't know about, a ment or head, head, head trauma. And, and, and without Gronk, I think McCaffrey fits that offense better. But that's just me. I don't know if they can get him either. You know better than me. I don't know who has the actual 
like you said, capital or space. Um, is he a guy you have to actually trade for and give up a lot for? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Panthers package, the demand of it is going to be pretty high, like a first-round pick. First of all, I would never trade a first-round pick for a running back. Two, I would never pay $50 million for a running back. I think it's an expendable, posi- expendable position in nowadays NFL. You can find a really good one late in the draft, middle rounds of the draft, cheap and free agency. But for a team that's desperate to win it all, like a Buffalo, like the Bucks. With Tom Brady, they know that this window is very small. Maybe they'd mortgage that. We've seen the Rams do it plenty of times as well. Nah, no doubt. Um, man, who, who are you taking tomorrow? Oh, my gosh. It's going to be an awful game. Um... <laughs> I can't watch Amazon no more. I just can't do it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't. It's streaming here in L.A. Is, is the worst I've ever seen. Right when the game comes off, my Amazon works fine again. But during the, during the game, it's unbelievable. So, uh, and the games themselves have been horrible. Um, I think Herb Street has is, is got to go back to college only. It, it's a bad dynamic. And then, the, you know, everybody from Richard, who I coached, to Tony, who I played with, it's a weird fucking dynamic on that stage, man. I just don't – Fitzgerald, you got – like, it's weird, man. I don't know what you think, but that Amazon thing is not sticking well with me. Uh, every game on Amazon so far has been an absolute fucking shit show. Terrible. And it looks like another one's headed our way tomorrow. Yeah, look, going into the year, I had said Arizona Cardinals are going to take a massive step backward. That's exactly what's happened. I think that Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat. I'm not a big fan of Kyler Murray. He does things that you've never seen before. They're truly one of one, but they're all out of structure. And when the defense forces him to play within structure, he really doesn't flourish. And he gets confused by the multiple looks out there. I think there's tape out on him. And obviously there was a reason why there was that thing put in his contract about the film study because he just doesn't look like he's prepared enough week in and week out. And then last year, I really started to notice like the bad body language. You can't have that at the quarterback position because guys feed off of you. I'll go Saints, but I have no idea who's going to win. And frankly, that game's going to be dog. What do the Saints do at quarterback? I, Andy Dalton's banged up. Their whole roster is banged up. But I just think Arizona's bad. I, I guess you go with Arizona just because they're the healthier team, but I just have no faith that they're going to be a quality football team. Oh, no, I'm going with the Saints all day long. But yeah. I, I'm just saying, do the Saints draft a guy next year or do they trade for somebody? Because I'm just to. telling you, they're bad. I Organizational malpractice to go into the year with Jameis Winston and thinking that he's going to be your number one quarterback. They should have traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. They should have looked for a better quarterback out there. Going into the season with Jameis, with one of the more expensive rosters in the NFL, that's team-building malpractice. No doubt about it. Um, I know you got to get out of here. Listen, I appreciate you coming on. Let me ask you something. Top five landing spots for Matt Rule. Auburn, Arizona State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Colorado, or do you see him getting another NFL job? Yeah, so I actually covered him when I was a student at Temple University, and I thought he was going to be a guaranteed success in the NFL. Uh, It didn't work out, never got the quarterback right. The fact that he never got the offensive coordinator right also really hurt him. I don't know why the hell he went with Ben McAdoo. He's a smarter football guy than to know that Ben McAdoo is going to bring that offense back. Um, Look, what does Matt Rule do well? 
He's a program builder. And what he did at Temple, resurrecting that program was magical. What he did at Baylor after their football program almost got eliminated just like Temple and kicked out of D1 was exceptional. They were a couple plays away from being in the college football playoff. I think the best spot for him and the challenge that he would enjoy the most and the best story for us and for college football fans would be to turn around Nebraska. I think that's the best opportunity for him to do what he does best. I don't think he's a fit at Auburn. I don't think that Arizona State is as big of a gig. We were throwing this out there in the chat sports office. Like, what if Dave Aranda goes to Nebraska or goes somewhere else? He's done a great job with Baylor. Could Matt Rule just go back to Baylor? That's pretty interesting as well. Yeah, I think he's over the Baylor thing. I think he got a little bit of a black eye there after the whole rape scandal thing. Uh, the R word that we we can't use. It's just like... I don't know if he would go back to that. Uh, I, Arizona State's intriguing to me because they can be the powerhouse in that conference. And sure. I think he, with USC and UCLA getting out of there, and Colorado's similar, but I don't know if it's the big enough gig. And they, I don't know if they pay it enough where he can go now demanding that. And I don't know if he even coaches this year, to be honest. I think he's in the box because $40 million, uh, he's going to have to pay some of that back if he coaches. So I, I don't know if that uh, – if that can happen but it is what it is um does kyler murray finish the season out with arizona i think he does i think he does look they've invested so much money in him honestly you get out of that uh i don't think so i mean there's a lot of money on the table for kyler murray's deal I'd actually like to see him with a better coach. I just don't think Cliff Kingsbury is it. I don't think that Kyler Murray is all that it either. But with a better coach who maybe holds him a little bit more accountable, shoot, let's get you in there. You could get Kyler Murray straight. I would choke fuck Kyler Murray every day. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Kyler Murray is a coach killer. Yeah. That's the problem. He's a coach killer regardless of if he's a cancer or not. Maybe let's say he's the greatest kid ever and he's just a video game guy. Fuck it. He's still a coach killer because, dude, he's a mental midget. He, he can't see over the line. He's not very bright. He don't understand hots. He don't understand side adjust. He can't understand protection. And I just don't understand. That is why I say he's a coach killer. Um, and I've got some real inside sources on some guys that just said we will refuse to play for him. That's why a few guys retired, just so you know, FYI. But that tells you what's going on in the locker room there. So, I don't know if he's a, if he's the guy, man, and I don't know how you get out of that deal. It's kind of fucked up. Um, last thing, get you out of here. I'm sorry, for running you late. Let me ask okay. you something. Pickett Trubisky. I, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the side as the coach that says I think we're throwing these young QBs to the wolves too soon, and I think they even if they're backing up a guy like Trubisky, even if they're backing up a guy that's not so great. I think through osmosis, they become better. They get to see more. They get to understand it. They get to see how to become a professional. They get to see how to study film. They get to see what protections and fronts and rotations of coverage look like. They get to suck it in. I don't think a team like Pittsburgh, it's very conducive for a rookie to come out, who I don't think is very good anyway, coming into the NFL and being the guy. I think you just roll with your biscuit, try to win you a few games, and go from there. That's why I think he got hurt the other day, Pickett. I don't think you – bench Mariota for Ritter yet because I don't believe he's ready either and just like I didn't believe Trey Lance was ready it was a crazy that that that's the deal I think that's a blessing in disguise I don't think Trey Lance ever plays again even though they got fucked over he hasn't played in three years and he's gonna miss another year like I don't see how you're gonna continue to pay this guy or or pay him the big bag that he's gonna expect um do you feel that way or do you feel just throw him out there and let him go 
Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, I think for Pittsburgh, you know what Mitchell Trubisky is. You know who he is. And for me, he's a good athlete with a solid arm, but he's a one-read guy. As soon as he gets off that one read, he doesn't know what's in front of him. Whereas I'd rather see what Kenny Pickett can be and can become because he's the unknown. Whereas Mitchell Trubisky is the guy who you know who he is. So I'd go with Kenny Pickett to see if he's that guy. Frankly, I don't think that Pittsburgh is very good. And if that's the case, then maybe you try to improve your draft positioning to get a quarterback in a better quarterback draft class next year to set yourself up. But that's that, kind of where that, I stand. Business when you're recruiting quarterbacks year in, year out. You know what I mean? That's just a bad look on GM and, and, and upper management. Let me ask you this, though. You're not worried about the flip side of that, throwing him in there and, and, and with a bad team and basically demoralizing the dude? That could be the very well the case with Trevor Lawrence. We don't know. Uh, does it happen? It happens every year. We put, you know, Daniel Jones was barely almost a victim. I think Sam Darnold is the victim. I think there's a lot of guys that have been the victim of this scenario. Um, do you not worry about that? Worry a little bit if it's like a top five pick, but Kenny Pickett wasn't. I think he was drafted, what, in the second or third round or whatever. And I like what he did at Pittsburgh. But, you know, look, if he's not the franchise guy, it's not like you have so much invested in him. Worst case scenario, he becomes your backup, and that's that. And then you try to get your franchise guy. There's so much quarterback movement now, too. If you don't get a guy in the draft, you can try to trade for somebody. I mean, we saw historic quarterback movement last year. Free agency period is also crazy. But, again, I just want to see what Kenny Pickett can become as compared to go with Mitchell Trubisky, I know who he is. Man, I didn't know we were this long in, man. You're a great con con conversationalist, brother. I appreciate you. Next week, we got to talk about Derek Carr and how fucking shitty he is. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. Make sure you follow him. Uh, go follow him on YouTube and uh, Chat Sports. Check him out. Appreciate you, man. I'll see you next week. Yes, sir. See you next week for Work Brute Wednesday. That's right. Thank you, brother. Yep. Peace. Peace. Uh, appreciate my main man right there. Uh, great insight, man. Great, great insight. Uh, well-spoken individual. He does a hell of a job on his stuff, man. Uh, we actually, uh, have a, a video. Hey, Chase, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, listen, real quick. I want to show this video. I got to show this video real quick okay. on your way out. This is going to be your fucking intro and outro video we got to make for you. All right, bet. let's see it. We're going to rock the house here. Um. I don't even know how this works. I've never done this before, but we're doing it. <laughs> How's that taste? It is gross. It actually wasn't bad because I haven't worn this shoe that much. I'm actually wearing it right it's now. Very though. foamy. Where does the beer go? You clean it out? It's starting to drip out no, a little I just, bit. I went all A in. shoe beer coming your way. You can't be scared out here, JB. You can't be scared. I mean, is that somebody that paid you to do that? Yeah, yeah. I think we got to like $1,000 in Super Chats, and once we got there, I said, you know Actually, what? Actually, it doesn't taste that bad. All the donations that came in, I'll do a shoey. It's pretty good. I can't Sh taste shotgun it. Shotgun is my specialty. No athlete's I can do a foot shotgun in like anything. less than four seconds. So. That's so impressive, man. <laughs> hey, That's we party. Impressive. We get down, and then we work hard, too. Hey, so it's called a shoey. Yeah, shoey. Yeah, I, shoe beer, shoey, whatever it is. Both work. Oh, man. Hey, kudos to you, brother. Hey, much love. Hey, you too, See you bro. Wednesday. All right, man. Peace. Later. Uh, appreciate him, man. Uh, great addition to the show. Uh, appreciate him coming on. I know he's a busy man. I ran him too long. I'm sorry. Uh, listen, another uh, Work Boot Wednesday. Still got about 10 minutes left. I want to break down um, 
a little bit of uh, tomorrow's game. Um, like I said, the Saints, uh, I think, are in turmoil. Arizona is absolutely upside down. I think Cliff is the sacrificial lamb. I think he's going to get fired here before it's too long. Um, I'm going to do some challenges, man. I'm going to do. A, I'm going to host a fucking uh, show a party and do a fucking super chat. Shit. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing that shit. Uh, I could do all kind of shit. That'd be crazy to me. Uh, we're going to try it out. We're going to try it out. Shit. We're going to have to try it out. Um, appreciate everybody in here, man. Um, the Jets are not the best team in the NFL, chilling. Calm the fuck down. Um, I think they're doing a hell of a job. I think they have a hell of a – they had a hell of a draft, and I think that they're bought in similar to the Giants. Here's my, my, my take, though, Hector. Hector, let me ask you something, Hector. Who would you bet on if you had a million dollars? The Giants or the Jets? You only can pick one. You're a New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, East Coaster. Giants or Jets? They're both impressive right now. Uh, I, I think both of them, the Giants have an underrated defense, which I've predicted on this show. Um, I think Daniel Jones is going to get only better. I think they're going to find some receivers. I think that the Giants may make a... Uh, 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 the Giants are going to make a move to get a receiver. Watch, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if OBJ goes back to this culture right now. I think OBJ would love to play for Dable. I don't know if he's sold on Daniel Jones get him the rock consistently, but if that's the case, if they go get a big time receiver, um, I think the Giants are a, are a real contender in the East. Um, they're going to beat Dallas and or or Philly one time. I'm telling you right now. That defense travels. The run game travels. They're going to beat Philly or Dallas. So, I don't know. The Jets have better receivers. Um, They both have great pass rush. Uh, The defensive back play, man, has been impressive for both rosters, to be honest with you. Sauce Gardner is playing as well as any rookie. Um, I think they're playing well, both teams. It's a toss-up to me, man. It's a toss-up. I know one team I won't pick, the New York fucking Knicks. I won't pick their ass. Um, I don't know. Maybe OBJ is not a fit for that that roster either. And Dable knows better than anyone, uh, any of us talking on a fucking chat. Um, but having said that, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's a fucking cancer. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't fuck with that roster too much right now. The vibes are real. They're great. Um but, you know, who knows? I don't know if the Jets are – got to understand one thing, though. When you're talking Jets and Giants, two teams that have been in the dumps for years, to get out of the dumps, you have to learn how to win. And you don't just learn how to win overnight. I've had to build structurally. I've had to restructure and reculture and, and build things from within. And you're going to win some games, but you're going to also lose some games that you should win because of that fact, that factor plays a big role. You have to learn how to win. So that is what I think is going to bite both the Jets and the Giants later on um, in uh, this season. That's my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. So that's what I think, dog. That's what I think. The NFC East schedules, yeah, man, but you can't you can't give me that argument, Justin Price. We're in the fucking NFL. This ain't the Pac-12, okay? Everyone gets paid. 
They're all Americans in college. Every roster has all Americans, bro. This is the NFL. It's not fucking Rice playing USC. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to be clear. So they're NFL teams they're playing. So I hate that argument in the NFL. They haven't played anyone. Homie, this is the fucking NFL. It's not college. Okay? This is not fucking Rice and Mercer. This is the NFL paid players. Okay? This is still an, a feat. What the Giants and the Jets are doing is a feat. It is not expected. Did you expect the Giants and the Jets to be this good, homie? No, you didn't. So shut the fuck up. Let's be honest. You know as well as I know, nobody predicted this well of a team or, or a record except for me. <laughs> I did say the Giants would be this good. But what do I know? I did not say the Jets would be this good. I did say the Jets are going to be a lot better this year. I did say I love the roster. I love the draft. I did not think they'd be this good this fast. I am intrigued to see both teams doing this. And... um I, 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 it's good for football, man, to have the Giants and the Jets good again. I'm just telling you. It's just like the Knicks and the Lakers being good in basketball. That should be. Like, that makes the leagues better. It makes the leagues better. The Giants and the Jets being formidable again is a good thing. Callie, Kenny Galladay, they paid $70 million to chillin'. He's a fucking bust, and it looks like he's a cancer. I could see him being let go. I could see them getting out of there. I could see them getting out of there. So I could see them getting rid of Galladay. I, I, I truly do think that. I do think that. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up going, man. We'll see how it goes. But the whole NFL is, is, is watered down, Justin. I've been saying this for how long? NFL is the worst football I've ever seen. College football is watered down. It's watered down. So it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So that's just my take on it. Um, so, you know, who knows, man? That's just what I think. That's what I. That's just how it is. Uh, you know, I, I don't even care about the schedule, dog. It's NFL teams week in and week out. These are NFL teams. So... Any of you guys have a question, drop it in the chat. I'll answer it last five minutes. Just drop it. Just, just answer. Uh, just drop it in the chat. I'll answer it verbally. Um, I want to know this, though. Who's better, UCLA or TCU? UCLA or Syracuse? UCLA or Ole Miss? Who do you take right now? UCLA or TCU? Very intriguing. TCU looks great. Uh, the reason I would lean towards UCLA is because of the schedule. And because of the coach, okay, even though I'm not a Chip Kelly guy, everyone knows me and him don't get along very well. This is the issue I have. TCU's also having to learn to win, just like I said the Giants and the Jets are learning how to win. And TCU's going to have a hiccup somewhere. UCLA has a more of a chance to go undefeated than TCU, in my opinion. Now, having said that, is UCLA is roster talented? I don't think so. I think TCU is. But having said that, I think UCLA's quarterback's playing lights out. I think UCLA's running back's playing lights out, the transfer kid they got in there. And I think UCLA catches everything, like Brandon Lang said on this show. And I think UCLA has a better odds of getting to a playoff than TCU does. Now, UCLA versus Syracuse. Now, Dino Babers, great friend of mine. Uh, I text him all the time, congratulating him on the season. 
Uh, I think they're going to go in and shock the world against Clemson. That's going to be another discussion for later this week. Uh, he's been there now, what, five years, I want to say. So this is the year he's getting them going. He's already beat Clemson once under his tenure, played them tough twice. Uh, but, you, but, but again, they have to get through some, some opponents in that conference and have a much, much harder challenge based on rankings um, than UCLA. I'm going to take UCLA. UCLA Ole Miss. Again, man, it's all about schedule. It's all about who they're playing. Um, I don't know if Ole Miss can get through the SEC as easy as UCLA can get through the Pac-12. So that's kind of my take on that. That's kind of my take on that. Um, I don't know. I think UCLA has the clearest path with the least resistance uh, left in the tournament. Or in the in the round of you know possibilities of getting in the final uh final four uh, discussion. So that's my that's my take. Uh you know, we'll see how it how it unfolds. But uh UCLA man has to beat Oregon. If UCLA can get by Oregon this week, they're going to have a uh it's going to be very interesting to see how this unfolds. UCLA is the shocking team of the country, in my opinion, right now, as far as how they're playing. So I, I don't know. Uh, the Jags look like they're dead, to answer your question, uh, Jacob Ogley. I think the Jags are dead. Make sure you join me this Saturday, man, 3 to 8 p.m., all you California SoCal natives, even if you're no-cal. Drive, drive down, take a ride, take a trip. Newport Beach will be a beautiful weekend. Um, come on down. Check me out. Uh, shit, I might bring Ash with me, man. I might bring Ash, let him chill, but I'll be inside, even though they, I take Ash there all the time, by the way. I know the owners real well. They're good people. Uh, we'll be launching Slapstick Cigars, man. I'll be signing books, a uh, bottle of my whiskey. Uh, if you want it, whatever, uh, short, fast, skinny, and tall. We'll be there this Saturday. High times, wines and spirits, Costa Mesa, California. Come on through, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Come chill, and uh, maybe... Maybe we can go to the bar afterwards and have a drink on you. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you guys, man. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. The greatest show on earth is going to be this show right here. So make sure you hit the like button every day, 6 a.m. to 9 on the West Coast, 9 to noon on the East. Pound the like button. Head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some merch. It's fire. It's out there. Appreciate you. Tomorrow, another star-studded lineup, Thirsty Thursday. Looks like Adam Pac-Man Jones is going to be joining us this week. I'm not sure what day yet, but just be surprised. We'll be launching the Violator interview today. And make sure you go check out the Jason Whitlock interview that's up on my channel tonight. Uh, it's already up right now. So go check it out. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member, man. I appreciate everybody. Lucy, what up? Appreciate you guys. Joey, Hector, everybody in here. Clayton, all you guys. Sean, Joe, Gorgian. Quit DMing me, motherfucker. I appreciate you guys. Ah, all love, man. All right, Coach Davis. See you guys tomorrow, 6 a.m. right here on the West Coast. Peace. Peace.